Alright troops and welcome to another episode of the Flip the Mindset podcast, a platform of hope for people struggling with the pressures of modern day society, hope that they can get back from the darkest of places. This is episode 20, might be episode 19, might be episode 21, I cannot remember but I hope everyone is well, I hope you've had a fantastic weekend, I hope you're servicing yourself, looking after yourself, getting yourself on a high energy level. Today... We have a fantastic guest, someone I've wanted on the podcast for a long time, Scottish comedian and funny man, Gary Folds. Gary Folds is he's basically an ambassador for mental health. A lot of people look up to him. He talks openly about his health and his struggles, and he made his career happen by sitting in a taxi and telling jokes to a camera. I myself used to watch him at half eight every single morning and thousands did too. He now has over 150,000 followers on his Facebook account and he is selling out all sorts of places like the Armadillo, the Hydro or whatever one, America, Dubai, wherever his life's going to take him and he's just an absolute legend and I'm proud to also call him a friend. Sit tight guys, listen, enjoy, I hope you take stuff from this podcast. Please, please, please hit the subscribe button and get me to 2,000 subscribers. All the love, flip the mindset. Guys, what is happening? Welcome to another episode of the Flip the Mindset podcast. A platform of hope for people struggling with the pressures of modern day society. Hope that we can get back from the darkest of places, as which Gary Folds has done many, many times. I'm absolutely... (laughs) Delighted to have Gary on. It's been a long time coming. He was a wee bit podcast podcasted out. Mm-hmm. He'd been doing it and, he, and he had lots going on in his life, like we all do. So I finally got my hands on him and we're going to sit down and talk life, pressures of modern day society and have a laugh. Gary was a Scottish comedian, um, one of the funniest guys I've ever met. It's a pleasure to know you. Mm-hmm. And um, Aye, I'm sitting here like a fan girl, just talking about your started. absolute <laughs> unity of body. Uh, you probably cut that bit out. You like <laughs> we're talking about the the. He asked me if the pick puts me under pressure to be like that, and then I've just lost weight, so I'm lucky today. But see if you look free podcasts. Like, I'm telling you, and, and, and you seen. drink full fat coat and eat cookies. You get a body like that. <laughs> Stop going ask me up, man. <laughs> I'm coming shopping with you. <laughs> my personal training chat. I need you as a personal trainer. <laughs> so, um, I we were talking about that about mm-hmm. feeling pressure of the body and stuff, and mm-hmm. and because I, I, I said to you, I put on a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Don't know. I put some pics on Instagram. Um, the news got done. Mm-hmm. I've I've took a lot. I've I've basically became um, a lot bigger. And then mm. um, I'd lost myself from being unwell. Then I get mm. back at the gym and then I'd had my operations and then I was just binging, wasn't I? Mm-hmm. I was in bed for three and a half weeks on codeine and then just binging, binging. So I put on this belly, but I didn't mm. think it was got as bad as it did. And I was walking in the living room. No, I was walking into the, the dressing room and there's a, mirror, there's a big, huge mirror to the right you. can't fucking, you know, mm. you can't miss it. And uh, I looked in it and it, my, just my heart dropped. And I was like, I've never seen myself like this ever in my life. Mm. That's what people were commenting on my pic, never seen you like that and all that mm. stuff. Because I've always been fat or I've been bodybuilding, I've always been like that. And it's people who go, I but you, you've always been in shape and all that, and you're just a wee bit of this. But for me, it was it was huge difference. Mm. And I had big, huge belly and I had 
big folds of back fat and stuff. My body looked just so out of proportion for mm -hmm. what I normally was. And it got me really, really down. That's what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Every day your weight will get you down like that. I've, I've got videos, but I think they're, they're my best videos. And I won't put them out because of my image. Like, I just think... See, because I had I had lost the first lockdown, but when everything had just ended and it was nothing like you could do. Mm -hmm. I went out walking every day. It was like eight to ten miles a day walking, and I lost weight. Started feeling confident again, and even more so when I had lost the weight, I couldn't even look at myself. And then, like yourself, the last kind of few last month or two, I've like, I've tried the clothes I bought on, like nice clothes. I I never buy. I'm like pure Tesco. Like this Vans T-shirt, <laughs> probably the nicest thing I've got. But it's like. I've got nice clays and I thought oh, I'll stick that on and I put it on it was like completely different fit mm -hmm. and then I felt myself getting done again and even now like every meal I eat I'll beat a cheeseburger I want it and I'll eat it and I'll, I'll feel shite man like so shite and it's it's I don't know if I've got a problem with overeating and, and like eating for comfort so mm -hmm. I'll eat for comfort and I'll eat to celebrate kind of thing so it's, it's mental, mate, that, that food can be like a poison like that, and I just can't get out of it. It's mental. Aye, definitely. It can be a poison, especially mm. when you're dealing with mental health problems. Aye. Like we do, I mean, I think the reason why I've never got out of weight, out mm. of shape, is because of how active I was. Mm -hmm. So when my knees started to bust, I went into bodybuilding, as you mm. know, but when my knee bust there and I had the time to sit in my bum mm -hmm. and lockdown, mm -hmm. that's what showed me. I would actually be very heavy mm -hmm. if it wasn't for the... If you were to take the gym away from me, I would be very heavy. Mm -hmm. um, and it just... We were talking with, before the podcast we done, before we were bashing that, and he was thinking... He was saying he doesn't care what weight he is and stuff like mm -hmm. that, as long as it's not impacting his health. Mm -hmm. And he was saying it's just about how he feels inside and he's learned to accept that. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's something you'll do in the future or do you think no. you'll just... I don't think I'd be happy less of a shape like you. And, he, and even yeah. at that, I don't think I would still find something that I didn't like about myself. You know what I mean? And I just, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Like, as as a person, I'm very, very driven. Like, if you say to me, Gary, there's a, a 3,000 seater theatre, I'll do everything I need to go and sell it out. Um, if it's like sales, I'll sell the best. But see, when it comes to me, it's as if I just write myself off. Like, having, like, everybody talks about anxiety being a negative thing. But for me, I feel like it can be a positive thing. Because like you're saying, you keep yourself busy mm -hmm. because the busier you are, the less chance your minds go to sit and yeah. go, you're fat, you're horrible, you're no funny, like, and it's it's weird, man, but I wish I had that kind of energy inside me to to put that into like a gym workout because when I lost to weight, I felt brilliant. Mm -hmm. My confidence came back, I felt healthier, I wasn't sluggish, I was more active with the kids and I felt in the last few months, like, I working as a gas engineer now, so you, you grab quick food. Like, so halfway through your shift, and it's a graft, you'll grab chips and cheese, a can of full-fat Coke, mm -hmm. and very, very rapidly, my anxiety just goes, nah, 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 and it's mm -hmm. like, it overcomes me at work. But I'll still do it, so it's pure hip, hypocritical to myself. Yeah, what about prepping meals and stuff? I tried it, mate. I've had prep companies, muscle food. They would give me food and money. <laughs> and I, I still was like, it's no comfort to me, I'm not getting enough. The best thing I'd done was intermittent fasting. Then that's what I'm trying to do again. I'm just trying to kind of wait longer. See, see, doing that, that was great for me because I felt like I started to get mental clarity as well. Mm -hmm. But I just need to get back into that mindset. But yeah, where you can keep it up mm -hmm. and be consistent. Because because overeating it drives my whole mood. Mm -hmm. Like if I have the chips and cheese, I just it's fucking mental, mate. I just dive, I dive bomb. Yeah, see, but I'll still do it, and that's what I don't get. You see, you struggle with it every day, and mm -hmm. I do understand that with. 
the shape I get into there when I had mm-hmm. to really, I mean, it's still a wee bit out, but when I had to really big belly there and I was so unhappy with myself, mm-hmm. it was seriously affecting me. Mm-hmm. Every day I'm looking in, people mm-hmm. go, oh, it wasn't that much not, but for me, it was affecting me a lot. Mm-hmm. It was really hurting me, man, hurting my feelings. Especially your job, because you're like, a PT. I, my PT, so, exactly. So you're your own poster. So I'm wearing mm-hmm. big baggy t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Not like people are your own poster now, if you've mm-hmm. seen the PTs in Glasgow. It's mm-hmm. not It's not as much like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I should be mom. We, we should mm-hmm. be our own poster, mm-hmm. absolutely. But I was wearing baggy t-shirts and all mm-hmm. that now, and she was like, why don't you put all your tight t-shirts and all that on? I'm like, nah, just mm-hmm. leave, them in the, leave them in the closet. I was feeling mm-hmm. that bad. But... It's that way where I think it must just be, is that a kind of acceptance that, are you thinking like, are you thinking you're maybe not good enough to beat it and just consistently beat it? I, I think that's that's the mentality where, where, where I have that moment, like you're saying at the mirror, and I'm like, oh fuck, you need to get a big man, it's affecting your health, it's affecting your mood, your relationships, like, but in the same sense... It's as if I've got a weakness where I'll be like, oh, fuck it, what's the point? Like, just get a kebab, just get a, a peppies, like... What brings that? See, when you say, fuck it, what's the point for mm-hmm. the kebab, what follows that? I don't think I've got any self-worth in that, in that sense, like, I don't give myself... And that's what I'm trying to say about the, the, the... Like, my morals have changed as such during COVID because I've had time to just sit back and go, what the fuck just happened? Like, mm-hmm. there's all this money, there's all this success, but mm-hmm. I've got all that... I'm not with my wife, I'm not with the Waynes, I'm sitting in this house just feeling fucking empty and soulless, so I think COVID has is, is been great for the sense that I need to pull that I need to pull that back, and now I've got to start building the self-worth, I've got to go to the gym look after myself, I've got to work on relationships, I've got to prioritise finances, so I think it, I need to deal with me first, I've never dealt with that, like, as Paul, you know, as Ryan, the mental health group stuff, like, I started the mental health group. It's as if I put all my energy into something else, but I don't deal with men shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll go, I'll mm-hmm. save all these guys and, and I'll stop them from committing suicide and, or I'll sell out all these shows and I'll do this for this person, but I never take the time to go, you need to work on you because at the end of the day, like, I'm a fucking anxious mess because I'm, you need to work on yourself. Like, and that's why I think personal trainers are so important because they're the people, like, I've never met a personal trainer who isn't positive in, in their workplace and I think that there's more like you need to get a good personal trainer for me i need to find somebody who can help me diet and help me eat, but that positive influence because it's infectious and i just think that's something i need to work on is, is myself worth because i've not got any you've still not been to me for pt i know mate it's I'm just that it's that pure PT. gym mate it's got mcdonald's outside it one of the most experienced pts in glasgow and the big man's like <laughs> i need to find a pt you know it's, it's good and it it's a pure, like, like, that's, that's how i think like i've just joined the village gym yeah you know what I mean? I love that gym. It's just, it's a nice atmosphere. It's an all good China buffet can go side Mate, this is a problem, mate. It's got a brilliant five-star restaurant. It's like these big, massive well, burgers. In the actual building, eh? One of my first ever viral videos, I had joined your gym. I just went fine, completely changed. McDonald's. Aye. That's the first time I And I was sitting, I... eating the, the McMuffin. Yeah. And I'm like, I need to lose. I just came out the gym, all sweating. I'm just eating this. And it's that's how I don't go to that gym. Because that's, that's the level of my food. I believe I'm a food addict. A hundred percent. People will laugh about it, like people addicted to drugs and alcohol, mine's just food. Like I would spend, and I've done it, mate, I, I have, like COVID's a prime example, when I lost everything, mm-hmm. like I knew for a fact I couldn't pay my rent. Mm-hmm. I had a thousand pound in the bank, I would have gave me another month. What was I doing, mate? I was sitting in fucking Uber Eats, three times a day, ordering fucking 30, 40 pound meals, yeah. 
because I'm feeding my emotions and that's something I really need to deal with. But thankfully, I know that now and I'm like, I need to address this. Like, I really, really need to, to deal with it. See, the emotions, what what you say you're feeding your emotions, what emotions are you feeding? Is that, are you feeding the constant battering yourself, beating mm-hmm. yourself up or the constant... What is it? Just the anxiety? Is it just? I don't know what it is. Eating food just make you feel comfort a bit. It gives me sort of my. It gives you a high. There's a satisfaction yeah. for that. Like so someone will smoke a joint. But that's what I mean with the addiction thing. Like if somebody takes heroin or fucking weed or whatever, yeah. they, they, they must get something that that impacts them. Like you get out with the gym, mm. you're endorphins and, and like I fucking believe. I don't know if it's t- scientifically proven, but I feel like I get endorphins for a kebab, and I know that sounds pure funny. And as I say it, I feel like I'm mental. Yeah. But there is a there is an emotion that comes with me eating food. Do you know? To be honest, mate, that's why that's why I love eating pizza, man. I'm mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone will tell you that it's mm-hmm. really close to me. I eat like anything. Mm-hmm. I just be more active than I'm eating, mm-hmm. and I'm very wary of it. You know that way. I'm very wary now that I know that. If I eat and don't keep up mm-hmm. the, the walks and the exercise, I know in a few weeks I'll mm-hmm. have a belly. Mm-hmm. I know it, so I need to do it. So that way, if I, if I sometimes people will see me out at one o'clock in the morning, as you, mm-hmm. I think you said to me one time, what you at that time for? I left you mm-hmm. a voice message or something. That's like right. Because I go at eleven mm-hmm. o'clock and I walk till half one at night. We'll just mm-hmm. keep walking, just keep burning off hundreds of calories, mm-hmm. hundreds of calories, because I know that I've mm-hmm. that I'm going to put on weight and I don't want that. But I love food. Food is the best. It's just mm. the best thing in the world to me. I love it. I love all sorts of food. I love mm. any kind of food except for I'm seafood. Like some saying, I love fish and all that, but not mm. seafood or slimy mm. stuff and all that. But I just love food. There's something amazing mm. about it. You get me a Domino's, right? I have a Domino's. I used to sit in the house myself mm. um, in my flat in Balonok Bal- Bal- mm. and order a £44 Domino's to myself. <laughs> it was the best <laughs> thing in the world. It was phenomenal. I'm the same. I was just eating and mm. I'd feed my dog some, like... Wee bits of it and all that. I wouldn't oh. feed the dog it. <laughs> I wouldn't feed the dog it. I wouldn't eat the dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> Just a staffy on a spit. <laughs> no, but I'm, I, I, I'm very much mm. understand. I've just been able to... This is why I... The reason when mm. I finished playing football why I went into bodybuilding. Mm. You can put all your... You just go to the gym for an hour and a half to two hours and mm. smash the gym. You burn a shitload of calories. And then you just you do something else that day, like walk or something mm-hmm. like that. Then you can afford to eat much, mm-hmm. much more. It's just knowing how much. That's what I say to all my clients. It's just knowing how much, knowing if you need to save a cup. Mm-hmm. You get all these PTs now talking absolute nonsense and all these things. That just nonsense that we're mm-hmm. getting in now. But you know that... Oh, okay. I've done it. I've done every fucking yeah, diet you can and, imagine, and, shakes, And, and you know, tablets. And these days what I feel is you just find mm-hmm. something that works for you. Mm-hmm. And then if you're not... At the end of the day, if you're not, if nothing's working for you, then it's mm-hmm. not the things, it's mm-hmm. you. But mm-hmm. some people already know that, as you mm-hmm. say, it's, it's me, I've got the a problem, problem you know. Right. Then no, nothing's going mm-hmm. to work. So that's that's the way where it's better to find something that you like more in mm-hmm. a minute fasting. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's working. But then sometimes something clicks and mm-hmm. you'll just go, fuck it. You see it a lot. Mm-hmm. Man, Ishona, right, lost a uh, Weight Watcher. She was Weight Watcher's thingy of the year for the West mm-hmm. of Scotland or whatever it was. I don't know what it is. Um, not, I hated her doing the Weight Watcher thing, but she done it. She lost mm-hmm. 20 stone or something. It was incredible. She was 35 stone or something. She was mm-hmm. huge. Huge, and um, and uh, she is now eight stone, nine stone. Mm-hmm. It's incredible, and something clicked. For years she was big. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I tell you what, she she had my a son, my mm-hmm. cousin Chasm, and uh, they told her that she didn't she 
she was obviously not going to live for too danger, long. Right. Yeah, she was endangering herself, and then she didn't obviously chasms there, you know, looking at her, and she's like, right, I'll make a change. But sometimes it might just be that thing as well, mm. or maybe it's that you learn to be happier being the way you are. I have, and I don't want to say this. I don't want to jinx myself, right? But I've got this my anxiety stemmed for the fear of death, and I very commonly think. I'm going to have a heart attack the way I eat, yet I can't stop eating. And it, and it's fucking hard, man. It's like, and that, that's where I feel the addiction comes from. See, when I was, when I was not training, I was walking eight to 10 miles a day, like intermittent fasting. I felt brilliant, like you say, I could, I could afford a German donor, but I, I started to feel good. And, and that anxiety started to kind of disappear. Because I was in my head, I'm like, I'm oh, not dying now because I feel better. Mm. But recently, like, I dream about dying all the time. And it's because I'm, and I'm still there. And it's just, if I had money, I would check myself into the prairie. But again, they wouldn't deal with me. Like, I need to deal with it myself. And it's definitely something that's it's really hard, man. Do you like, feel it's a huge problem? Uh, it's a massive problem. And I think there's others like me as well. I don't think it's just me who's, there's, there's, who's there's like us. Uh, I dealt with a boy, yeah, like, with mm-hmm. my foot the mindset stuff I do, and he called. And he's talking about the and see it's something I went mm. through as well, mortality mm. and thinking constantly about mortality mm. and dying and leaving kids and all that behind and seriously, mm. is it eight and after death mm. and you freak yourself right out. Mm. But he had a really he said he had a really bad time at mm. thinking about this, dreaming about it, constantly couldn't get it off his mm. couldn't get it out of his mind, mm. fear of doom, you know. Um how do you deal with that? How is I don't know, mate. Like what is it you think? What is going on? Like, like as I said to you before, it mm-hmm. normally people come on and or like, I, like every day I have this thought where I'm like, big man, you're, you're pushing it now because you can you can feel your body. Your body talks to you. Your body's saying yeah. like you're getting the chest pain. You're you're out of breath. You can't tie your shoe. And it's but yet I'll, I'll still jump out and I, and I order a curry mm-hmm. and I'll still think about it. I'll still be thinking, fuck me, it's. That's one step closer to to that. It's weird to me. It's weird to explain. And as I talk, I've never actually sat down and spoke about it like the way I'm the new. Like I'm like my mind speaking to you as such. And it, as I'm talking about it, I'm kind of like fucking hell. That doesn't make sense. You're almost willing yourself aye. to death, aren't you? That's you're it, aye. To death, like, so if you're pulling it, as if you're like to death, right? Come on, there's, there's another curry, there's an yeah. kebab. Like, come here, get closer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't know. I need to deal with it, man, because it affects me daily. Like. You, you, you see, if you look at Instagram, it's every image I'm leaning forward. Like, I never show myself. Yeah. Like, I'll never show the videos, but I think, like, and people are saying, oh, you're a shite comedian. I'm like, if I put this video out, it would prove that I'm a good comic at this theatre. But no, my belly's hanging out the bottom of my tap. I, people are going to slag at and I don't want to have a six-pack. I just want to be healthy. And I think, I know, my mental health is completely driven by my eating and my behaviours. It's weird that because you'll probably lose five stone, Gary, mm-hmm. and it'll be something else they'll pick on. Uh, always is. Oh, it's mental. The abuse I get or the abuse mm-hmm. anyone else gets it does always something mm-hmm. people will go for. And that shows them that's their insecurity. I've been lucky. Co- COVID has just, like, COVID's completely changed a lot of stuff in my life, like, for, for being homeless. And and see these people who, who comment, I believe they're hurting people. And I've just got to the point where I'm just like, do you know what, fuck it, there's a block button, they're blocked. Mm-hmm. But before, I would look at the comment, I would sit in the comment, I'd think about the comment, I would look at their profile and think, why did they not like me? And and that makes you ill. But now I'm just like, do you know what, fuck it, get out, mm-hmm. block. And that's the only way I deal with it. Jamie, what's your 
Jane Godley does that as well, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Um, well, she gets a horrific Jane. A few other people um, do that as well. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of new thing. I can't remember who started it, but they, were, mm-hmm. they came out and tweeted it. It was a tweet that went mm-hmm. viral, and he, they were, he was just blocking everyone that gave him abuse. Mm-hmm. And I thought, fair enough. You know, I used to, me, I used to I reply just, back to it and fight back, but... To everyone, just boom, boom, boom. Mate, it was constant. I'd was start, it just a trigger you were I mean, it was like, that. this this guy had shared something. I think he slagged my daughter or something, mate. And I, and I had just kind of fought back with him. But the guy had messaged me and it was like two hours of back and forward. But what happened was because I had commented, like my whole following as mm-hmm. such, almost seen this. Mm-hmm. So this guy was just getting belittled and, and he said something horrible. But... I'm thinking to myself, see, as a guy who's a, an ambassador for mental health, I've probably just made this guy's fucking life hell. All Absolutely. I had to do was delete that comment and send it away, mm-hmm. but I didn't have a choice to fight back, yeah. and I probably created a problem. So it's like, that was a big drive for it. So now I'm just like, you know what, block, this person's hurting. Yeah. They don't like me, they don't, they don't know me, so. Coming back at it online is a problem, the same. Mm. Um, if someone says anything and my followers, they'll jump on it. And mm. I'll say, well, you're just doing to him what you done to me. Mm-hmm. Where's the right or wrong? You, know what I mean? it, you, you make his life hell, he goes and commits suicide. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. There's just, mm-hmm. so blocking I probably the way forward, mm-hmm. actually. But I just, yeah, I used to be the same. Mm-hmm. When I played football. Oh, massively. It must have been horrible. Worst. See, when the sun and all that came out and mm-hmm. it said I had a bad game and I didn't know, mm-hmm. my Christ. I'd be hiding. I'd be mm-hmm. beating myself up all week. Oh, and he fluffed a chance here. Mm-hmm. Or you went on a forum. I would go and look at all the forums. Oh, the phone, phone in. I lost the phone in. I'm like, pish. fucking boys getting slated. That guy's pish. I'm mm-hmm. like, am I pish? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not knowing that. Mm-hmm. Am I just pish? Should I give up? No, that. Mm-hmm. And then one day, just quite after my brother died, no, that, and I found a kind of, I knew, I found a new purpose. I kind of promised him at the grave. Not he used to say, anyway, don't let, listen, whatever anyone says, remember it comes from a place of their struggles, not yours. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes from a pace of their insecurity, their unhappiness. Someone's projecting hate at you because how they feel mm-hmm. inside. It's, it's totally them. If someone, if, if I'm there and someone says something they hate to me on my Instagram, I think, well, great, mm-hmm. great. Even if it's about my son, about anything, anything close mm-hmm. to the bone, great, mate. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Or, you know, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for that comment. They hate it. They, they can't stand it mm-hmm. or don't reply see what I, I don't know if you've noticed this a lot i do it all the time i'll write a comment back to something right mm-hmm. on make it something controversial on a post right mm-hmm. and they're being racist thing and i'll write a comment back mm-hmm. and then they'll be about to attack me back and i won't even read it mm-hmm. i've trained myself to be able to do that mm-hmm. you know you want to read no, what they say mad, you need to read what they mm-hmm. say and then you go right so they're saying that mm-hmm. you know what i mean you don't even know you're uneducated mm-hmm. you're this you're that i'm thinking no mm-hmm. i'll say what i've got to say and then i won't go back and visit it it's fucking best feeling ever it I feels so free i couldn't imagine that because you always think about nobody thinks about the football players like back on side back on side you see them constantly yeah. saying oh this boy's committed suicide committed yeah. suicide and then it's like i get it online but when i'm at a gig people heckle you but they, they just mm-hmm. get shot down mm-hmm. because it's not the same it's not online it's all fluffy and nice you heckle me at a gig, it's it's fair game, and it's actually at the start of the gig. If you heckle, you need to take it, mm-hmm. and and I like that. I like a heckle because you're like, fucking, this is my job. You're in my palace. Let's fight. Yeah, Can I have a laugh? Then, yeah. But I couldn't imagine being a football player and having thousands of people shouting fucking abuse, and then coming out the game and wanting to turn off, and then as you say, you're sitting, you're, you're in the paper. Kenny's had a bad game, or he's a good game. Like Terrible. it must be horrific. 
Terrible. You're in a bubble, aren't you? Right. It's almost because you're alone. You can't mm-hmm. do anything. And then you're out in the street. Yeah. And man, your fans, their rival fans, yeah. like that you're fucking shit. I mean, I wasn't at that level, but I can only mm-hmm. imagine playing for Rangers and Celtic. Oh, it must be horrible. Horrible. But oh, you see yeah. it in the pitch. It's a now. chalice, isn't it? You're not noticed on football now. People, mm-hmm. you see it in the pitch. Fans can the fans and what we the fans are that week to a player can mm-hmm. destroy your Saturday performance. Mm-hmm. We see it time and time mm-hmm. out again. Um. So this life is just. It's life's difficult, man. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm that way now where I don't let anything get to me. That's what I told you before. Nothing gets to me now because I don't let it. Because mm-hmm. I used to, it used to ruin my life, man. I nearly committed suicide from it. Thought about suicide so many times from all this kind of stuff. I'm thinking, why? Why am I getting energy of that now? Why am I? He said that comment about me. He said this about me. I'm doing a mental health thing and I'm getting slashed for that. Gives a shit, man. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what this guy says. He doesn't pay my bills. Mm-hmm. What he says isn't going to put fucking food on my table. What he mm-hmm. says isn't going to, you know, isn't going to tuck me into bed at night. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do any of that. So why am I putting value in anything a guy sitting on a couch mm-hmm. at a TV mm-hmm. has said? Why am mm-hmm. I going to do that? It's, mm-hmm. it's just, for me, it's just, it's just, it's irrelevant now, it's mm-hmm. invisible. And that's made me, I promise you, the freedom I've got from that mm-hmm. is unbelievable. You know, and, and and that thing, knowing, see, when you see it, it's natural to get the wee butterflies at the start, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But then after it, not even responding to it. I'll mm-hmm. chill, going on with my day, not even thinking about it. Because mm-hmm. once it seeps in, it can drown you in it. Mm-hmm. And I used to, it tore me apart, Gary, honestly. And then you're right out there with the, people tend to forget comedians are human, don't they? Mm-hmm. That's like you've got to take it as such. Then I will yeah. see a gig. I mean, come here if you don't like me, like buy a ticket to a gig and come here, gig and heckle me. Yeah. Don't like, date after it. Aye, don't don't date online. But I'm very limited to what I can say and and, and as such, because like I like I, I'm no an ambassador for mental health, and I hate saying that, but I'm somebody who speaks about it openly. And and those guys like. Ryan Coots, my mate, who took the group on, and mm-hmm. he's an ambassador for mental health because he's a proper guy with proper yep. ambitions, but. Online, I don't, want to, I don't want this guy to struggle or this woman to struggle, so I'm limited to what I can say. But see if they're at a show and it's shite, or oh, you're shite, you're a shite comedian, mm. then I've got to defend that. Mm. Then I've got to go, aye, but it was like the day I'm in the Sunday meal today, and it's irrelevant to me. But my ma found a picture of my granda and the, the baddest. My granda was an artist and drew a self portrait, it was a lovely story. And, it, and it's not even a story where people should have a problem, but there's people comment like a comedian with laughing faces as if I'm not a comedian. But it's like, how the fuck do you reply to that? Like, you don't. It's like, if the, I was the paper for being a taxi driver and somebody mm-hmm. wrote, a taxi driver would be laughing faces. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. Wait, you don't reply yet? It's, just, it's fucking... For me. In my head, I'm for like, I've seen that. And all day, I've been yeah. like, all day, fucking going to go back and slaughter that guy. Like, Why? Because but uh-huh. that, that's what I think. Why? Mm-hmm. Why do you think that? Why do you think? Mm-hmm. There's a wee guy there who's probably driving a taxi. Mm-hmm. Um, seen the probably half cut. Oh, a comedian. Dick. Oh, he's, he's not a comedian. I uh, fucking hate that stuff, man. I fucking hate that he makes mm-hmm. money off being funny. Fucking hate my life, but I hate him. I, I hate him. No, I don't actually hate him. I just, I'm just saying this because I'm mm. sick of my life because I don't know him, so I mm-hmm. can't hate him. I know. That's fuck how that. I try and think that Get guy's that hurting. Fuck. Like, I would no, just... I mean, I just, I've got no time for it. Mm-hmm. No time. They used to say, like, someone said to me when when I done my first football mm-hmm. when I was playing football. Something mm-hmm. goes, um, a football. That guy wasn't a football. That guy was an amateur player at best. Mm-hmm. Good mate. I made quite a lot of money playing football. Mm-hmm. I had a great time. Enjoyed great. it. And mm-hmm. I done it. What did you do? Mm-hmm. You done absolutely nothing. What he's got to say is, what he's got to say is invalid. I, I don't. Know. It's just why, you know, I've done it, whether I was good or not. Mm-hmm. And that, that's my thing. It. Like I know I'm not the funniest comedian in the world. I know that everybody doesn't find me funny because I think see if you thought 
everybody found you funny, you'd be mental. Mm-hmm. So it's, he's not saying something that I don't think. Yep. But if he says, or oh, his, I went to his show in Kamarnock and he was shy, I'd be like, well, fair enough, that guy's got an opinion. But mm-hmm. it's just the throwaway trolling. And it doesn't get, de- it doesn't get dealt with. It's just, it's almost encouraged. Mm-hmm. I tell you the worst one, TikTok's fucking horrific for it. I hate TikTok. I love, I love. It's a playground of devils, isn't it? I love it. And I don't like it. I've never seen it like it in the sense of trolling. Mm-hmm. You go on TikTok and ruin every person who's an influencer or whatever. That's all they're sharing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing it for attention. It's just fucking rife. Mm-hmm. It's mental. And these yeah. people at troll don't realise the effect they have on somebody. If somebody says in my video, oh, he's, he's a fat, he's fat and unfunny, that might just be somebody going, he's fat and unfunny, put the phone down, crack on with a day. But I'm receiving it. I see everything. So then I sit, look at that. He's fat and unfunny. And it's easy for people to say, oh, don't look at it. Don't look no, at it. Just, don't they, mind it. They don't just crack home in the day. They'll, it, it, they'll absorbs wait for you. You to reply. Aye, it absorbs you. They'll wait for you to reply. And once you reply, mm-hmm. if you give them a good reply, oh, fuck you, saying, mm-hmm. I know they're buzzing. That's them achieved. I know, the they've, they've, they've got you. And I think that's, that's a... This year's been brutal, mate, for me. Uh, it's been very, very brutal. But there's, like, the suicidal thoughts have come back and stuff. And... Like, losing everything has been brutal, but it's always, almost been the best thing that's ever happened to me because I've started to prioritise my life now. Like, before, like, comedy was number one. Like, Ashley, my wife, would say to me, what comes first, mere comedy? And I'd be like, you, honey? But in my head, I'm like, comedy, comedy success, money. And, and I go all that, but in the same sense, I lost my relationship. Uh, I moved out for my kids. I had I went and got my own kind of big beautiful flat in Straven, kind of big farmhouse, and and I had achieved everything I wanted to achieve. But see, chasing the wrong things, I realised very quickly. Like I ran away for the stuff that I love. Like me and Ashley had been split up there for two years. Like complete split up. I'd met people, she had met people. The kids were kind of going through the divorce, and we met five weeks ago to sign a divorce, and we're back together again. Like, and that's because, not because of her, she's a great person and a great wife, but because I chased the wrong things, I chased the wrong values, mm-hmm. I chased success and money over my, my wife, and then when everything had gone with COVID and my mental health was wrecked, like, you know this, at your rock bottom, you sit and think, who's about me? Like, what what have I got? And it's like, I've walked away for something brilliant, my wife and my wains, and, and I didn't have that, and I spent the whole COVID like, fuck. I fucked her, she's met somebody, we're never getting back. I'm with somebody and I'm having to break up with her because I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. I, like, it's no fair being with somebody and you're thinking about your ex kind of thing, you know what I mean? So, but COVID's taught me that. I've always chased success and now I'm coming away for that. Like, I'll do my big tour next year and then I'll, I'll sit down with Ashley and go, right, where do you want to go for this? I've got the mm-hmm. new trades, a gas engineer. That'll make me money, a decent living and just... I don't know, mate. I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be a celebrity. I love what I do. I love my following because they've took me this far. I love doing comedy, but I think a bit of me, like the, the driven for the success and the, the nice cars, the nice house is gone. I, I just think, need to do it myself. You're already famous in Glasgow. Aye. But you've said, yeah, you've still got to yeah, mm. take the driving away. You've still got... I was humbled in the most horrific way possible. Aye. You're still a comedian. And I love that. What the things were out Aye. of your control? Don't but be see, too hard on yourself that way. You are a comedian, you have to go and be a comedian. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's what you'll have to do. Don't stop being a comedian for anything else. But it's it's the trolling. Everything else comes Aye. with that. The missus comes out, she'll love you going mm-hmm. out and being your best surely on mm-hmm. stage. I, I just feel if you go out and do what you love... 
everything else will come. Mm-hmm. I always feel that. I always feel like you. I just see you, and when I when I envision you, I'm like he's smashing it. He's going to his shows. He's doing mm-hmm. well. You keep doing that. You just keep doing your thing. Everything else falls in place. You'll mm-hmm. get the cars and all that anyway. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, who gives a shit? You know no, what no. I mean? That's 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 what I try and think of now. But you beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. You, 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 I think you're fucking amazing. Honestly, I think you're you just you're funny. So funny. I used to sit and. I used to, you actually saved me at a bad time as well. I used to sit and wait every day. Can't remember what time you done your video, but every day. Eight in the, the morning. Taxi, eight uh. in the morning. It was eight in the morning, wasn't it? Eight in the morning, and I was watching it, and I, I would just, it would just be great. Just mm-hmm. like, this guy sitting in his fucking taxi, mm-hmm. and he's just making about 150,000 people laugh. That was mental, Scotland. mate. That's, that's incredible. And mm-hmm. people literally on, mm-hmm. waiting for your video, mm-hmm. interacting with you, Mm-hmm. That's their morning fix. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to give your credit, give yourself credit for what you've actually achieved. That mm-hmm. is incredible, incredible, and lightening people's day up, making people feel better, making them laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, people who are trolling you—they've not got a leg to stand on. What they team in their life? And as as like that, I, I spoke to my agent about it. It's because last year I had come out and says, right, I'm doing my, but I'm doing the hydro. I was supposed to do the hydro this year. I was going to do one show and then just crack on my life and hide away kind of thing. And my agent's like. Like I had put on a big status just kind of saying, listen, I'm I'm broken. Like, I'm broken. I'm not broken, mate. I love comedy and I love my following. It, and I think that's what I've got different for other comedians. It's like my following, it's like, that's like my personal Facebook. I engage with everybody. I share things that a celebrity wouldn't share having a cunt a week. My anxiety is bad. And mm-hmm. like, I treat everybody like my friends. It stayed there like money. But it was getting to the point where I had to have a thousand comments saying, oh, Gary, don't leave. None of that. We love you. Like, and... I love coming to your shows. One, one bad comment, mm-hmm. and I'd be just driven to that comment, mm-hmm. and I just like how many people get a thousand people saying they love them, yeah. and and I be, I believe the people are genuine, but like maybe you with the football, one one reporter just you know carry the shit game, but you've got fans who are like yeah, I get it Kenny done brilliant, Kenny I saved it, the game. Or? I get it worse now. Eight thousand followers mm-hmm. on, eight thousand followers on Instagram, three on Facebook, mm-hmm. whatever else, and I still get hundreds of mad mm-hmm. messages. I still get it. Mm-hmm. Big time. Worse than I did ever at the football. Mm-hmm. Worse than I did at football. And I don't know, I've just chosen to... I don't even don't even read them. Mm-hmm. And if I do, I just... I think about it now. See if someone goes, oh, you're just this or you're just that. I'll go, right, okay. And I'll think about it. And then I'll just take all the negatives out of it. And I'll be like, oh, that's not true. I know this is not true because I'm trying my hardest here, right? I'm taking care of this. I'm doing this. I'm mm-hmm. going forward. Helping people. I'm being genuine. I'm being honest. Do I feel good in myself? Yes. Mm-hmm. Am I confident in myself going forward? Yes. Right, that comments and fair. And mm-hmm. if the comment maybe gets to me, I'll dissect it mm-hmm. and just move past it because I just always feel no one successful or no one in a positive mindset will troll you mm-hmm. ever. No successful person is going to turn around and go, wait a minute, I'm going to call mm-hmm. Gary Falls a fat shit comedian or call mm-hmm. Kenny a black fake mm-hmm. fucking this or that. No one who is enjoying their life and positive and um, successful is going to write you that. So I think, mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to, I just don't let it affect me anymore. I just, mm-hmm. but I did, I went through a really hard time like mm-hmm. you're going through the now, really hard time and it was hard to snap out of. It really mm-hmm. is hard to twist it and think the comments don't hold any weight. Mm-hmm. I think hard for you as well because you're an engaging famous person. Mm-hmm. You, en- you, en- you can D-Max talk to me, well you can well. you You engage I'm, with I'm, all your followers, loads mm-hmm. of them, thousands of them, and you will engage and reply to so many comments, whereas mm-hmm. a lot of comedians, a lot of famous people won't even touch it, won't mm-hmm. even reply to they one thing. It, they won't even look. 
And I think that's the difference. If you just go do your phone <coughs> and then you just put the phone down, you don't look at mm -hmm. any of it, then you don't know what they've said. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a lot easier. Some famous people who I've talked to, mm -hmm. um, they just have someone do their Facebook, mm -hmm. their Instagram for I them. Got, I got offered that. My agent says to me, is like, I can pay somebody to, all you need to do is put a video on mm -hmm. and I'll pay somebody to reply to all the comments for you as if it's you. And mm -hmm. I'm like, but it's no me. And there's a fakeness to that. Takes you know a wee I mean? bit of fakeness uh, there, but you don't even need and to, that's what I love. You I don't love even that. need to reply to like, the comments. You can just kind of... People will see that I've not done videos and I've completely yes. scaled back for the videos yeah. and it's because of the trolls. Like, I love doing the videos. I love jumping my motor, turning it on, having a laugh about something stupid and maybe irrelevant to everybody. But there's people who'll be like, like, you're saying like I'm having a shit day, Gary's on. But the trolling comments puts me off it. Mm -hmm. And I hate admitting that because the troll might see it and go, I'm going to dig into him kind of thing, but... It's mental. Well, they will. They will. Uh, it's mental. And it's just about you beating mm. that. Let's be honest. At the end of the day, it's about you beating it. And that's you what I'm saying. It's a self-worth thing. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't agree with a troll, but mm. I do every time. I think the regulation if a troll says you're shit and you're fat, uh, and I, I get in that and I go, mm -hmm. oh, I'm shit and I'm fat. And it's in my head and that's it. It's like, that troll says something, I read it and I confirm it and go, that guy's correct. I'm shit and I'm fat. I'm no funny. And then that'll put me after well, the last one's, the last the one's not correct. Aye. Uh, that can be correct. Mm -hmm. There's no way that last one no being funny mm -hmm. is correct. I don't know, sometimes people will just say to me, mm -hmm. I'll be the same, but correct, you're right. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm this, I'm that. You know, like, I would love to have the self-worth um, where I go, do you know what, I'm funny. Right. Like, I'm all right. Like, but I don't mm -hmm. have that yet. And that's something that I want to work on. And again, back to the eating. Yeah. It all stems from my diet and my exercise. Mate. Mm. I never thought walking would fucking make you feel so good. 150,000 Facebook, mm. is that how much you've got? 150, aye. So 150,000 Facebook followers follow a guy who's no mm. funny. Mm -hmm. 153,130, I count it every day. Follow a guy. Aye, because I'm late in my shit. Is everybody gone? So Man, that's mental that I know that oh, number. It's crazy because you are very funny. Mm -hmm. Very funny. And that, okay, aye, it's just, it's so interesting because. You're still on your journey of finding mm -hmm. things. I'm still on my journey. We're all just in different parts mm -hmm. of the stage of come through stuff. I had a bad suicidal thoughts that I talked about a couple of months mm -hmm. ago. Oof, I feel it was close. I mm -hmm. really do. I don't want to laugh about that, but it freaked me right out. Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking I was useless. The wee man taking wee things from the wee man when he used to, like, if he would run to his mum or something instead mm -hmm. of me and stuff, I was beating myself up and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Stupid stuff, you know. I put myself in a really difficult sad place when I was I was contemplating taking my life again and this life's no easy mm -hmm. it's no easy you know it's, it's not just, supposed to be no definitely no and we just you know we're just we're I think we get success mixed up mm -hmm. I think success to to most people is a big cuss big money away from four wins I don't think success now is be a good husband like the values have changed and, I, and I, I'm going through that as well. Like, I, I wasn't a good husband. I, I've not been a good dad. I've not seen my kid for two years at one point. And, but you can overcome that. And that's what I like about podcasts like this. Is like, it's not just about the doom and gloom. It's about mm. you can overcome that. You can be a good dad and be a good husband. It's just having that moment where you go, let's go. You know what I mean? And, Absolutely. And that for me, the new, the self-worth thing, it's not something that I, I have done in the last few years where I've sat in it shite and, but now I'm like, I need to fight back. I need to go to the gym. I need to reestablish myself as a person. I need to know myself worth. And it sounds corny and cheesy as fuck saying that. But all these Americans are right. See these statuses in Facebook. I'm starting, I used to read them and I'm like, oh my fucking days, get off my Facebook. But see now I'm like, 
who was that person I need to re-add them again because they were sharing mad condy statuses that were that were brilliant now. Like this is what I want to see in social media. I want yeah. to see you're worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're the you're the king's daughter kind of thing. I want that. I want the stickers on my wall. But yeah. it's very funny how you how you change as you grow. And it is I don't mean grow. I mean grow as a person. Different stages, don't we? Mm-hmm. We go through our positive stages and we want to project all our positive <laughs> shit on everyone, don't we? I want to get like happy like that. Let's wake up with a smile. <laughs> Send. <laughs> but I want to buy like a thousand copies of the secret yeah. and send it to everybody. He's all get injected uh, with like positivity. But before I'd be like, who the fuck is this guy, man? Get him out my Facebook. Yeah, he's too cheesy. Get him out of Now I'm going to my block list. I'm like, hey, who is that? I need to get him back. Like, and I see that with a lot of my followers. Mm. They'll go in a week or two or sharing everything, loving Aye. it. And they'll go quiet for about two weeks. Oh, I get him too fuck. But we'll move on from that. I want mm. you to find out earlier days. Just so the people who don't know you, mm-hmm. um, or any of my English or American followers and stuff, know you are. What was life like growing up? It was, it's funny because I grew up in poverty, mm-hmm. but I, like, I can't say that as if it's a bad thing because I never knew I lived up in poverty. I was just having a normal wee guy life in my head. But see, when I, when I joined the army and like I bring lads back for the army who stayed in like Hampshire, mm-hmm. I'd be like, one back to, to Glamada, I had a pub and I bring them back to like Site Hill Flats. And you'd see them like looking about going, fucking hell. And I'd be like, oh, she's my house is brilliant. I read Davy House finds like the wee addict and all that. Like, but that's I, I probably say when I joined the army, I have realised obviously I knew we didn't have we didn't have a lot at times. But my dad got the pub. We would go for like being poor to being rich to being poor to being rich my whole life. You go to, you, you're in the army, you go to Syria. <laughs> These flats are quite nice. <laughs> I need to invest in here. It's nice and hot. It's Envious of people like, in a war torn country. But I, I just had a, a, a wee guy life. I think my, my dad had pubs and taxis, and he was about a Dell boy. And him and my mum would fall out and be like, stay in Sight Hall Flats. And then the next month, you'd be in Florida and then back to Sight Hall Flats. And just maybe that's made me who I am and, and so driven. Like, and I, and I hate using the word driven because I'm very, very driven. Mm. When I was in the army, I was I was always kind of looking after myself. I always kind of strive to be the best. In comedy, I strive to be the best. Not the best, but as a personal value. Can, yeah. But I would love to, to, and this is what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to harness that towards my eating. Because see, see if I could eat good and train good and, and find a balance, I'd be doing great. And as you say, I'd probably find something else to like about myself. But is the army was the best thing ever happened to me. The army cadets and then the army, because before that was just everybody in Glasgow used to go gang fighting. Yeah. Well, most people that I know and, and my staff, you go gang fighting, you would, you was, there was no kind of, I wasn't smart at school. So I had no ambition. I had no ambition to be like a bricklayer, like my pal or a mm-hmm. plumber. Like I'd want to go up for the council and I just wanted to be, I don't know, nothing. <laughs> but when I joined the army cadets, I found a love for the army. I went to the army and this wee 16 year old Ned, you know what I mean? Just gallus as fuck, turning up to the army camp a day late and just like, all oh, right, mate, no, how you know, you? mate, horrific. Oh, oh. I, I had a, what did they give you for the day late? I turned up, I met Megan's mum and I was just pure loved up. But the last man, I was like 16, I just, I never had a, a real girlfriend before. And I'm like, I'll go in the morning, it's all right, like. Because when they send you your joining orders, it's like seven days of admin. Mm. Now in my head, I'm like, don't need the seven days admin. I've just turned up and I did. I turned up a day late my first time in the army and the guard room guy's like, who the fuck are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm Gary Falls. Like, I'm, I'm a day late. I missed my chain or that. And he's like, no worries, mate. And my instructor came, Dave Patterson, who I'm friends with on Facebook. He came to the guard room and, and he's like, where the fuck have you been? And I'm like, all right, Dave, because I've got their names. 
I didn't know you called him Corporal and Sergeant. I'm like, all right, David boy, how do you get it on? Just this wee Gallus Glasgow guy. And he's like, right, well, I'll show you an accommodation kind of thing. But they tortured me, mate. And that was just, and, and like, you're that wee cheeky chappy in school. You've got that wee kind of character. Mm-hmm. The army's job was just to hammer that out of you. Yeah. And, and I did. I got it hammered out of me. But I'm very grateful for the army. Grateful for the lessons I learned. And I think the lessons you learned from the army definitely led you on a better path i had no ambition no ambition as a child Mm -hmm. i had no ambition at all like there was nothing in me it went i want to be a plumber a superstar a comedian like there was not like i can't remember a time where i was like i want to be something but even my pals at school be like oh i'm i'm studying hard i'm going to go to citb when it Mm -hmm. everybody went to citb and they became an electrician or a plumber like i had Mm -hmm. nothing but when I joined the army of this, I'm like, I kind of like it. It's just kind of about my shooter, know what I mean? <laughs> it, Rolling about in the mud, like, it, it was playing hide-and-seek. That's oh, essentially right. what the army is, isn't that yeah. big game of hide-and-seek? And, uh, <laughs> oh, mate, honestly, I've I was... Really, I've never really... Heard is, man. Heard just a guy with camouflage. Hide-and-seek that you can die in. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, just on the bush like that, kind of thing, and... And I, and I loved the army, and, I, and the worst thing I've ever done was come out the army. Was there any mad, scary parts in the army? No. Like mad times where you thought, Mars is on the man. I went to Northern Ireland, and I think the worst thing ever happened to me, and I got a taxi back for the, the tune, she mm. like the hackney kind of taxi, and the next morning I woke up, kind of smashed, and my boss is like, what the fuck have you done that? Like, because supposedly in, in Northern Ireland, the IRA kind of run the hackney taxis, mm-hmm. and I had got one back to the camp, and it's like, before you go there, you do like a kind of course, and it's like, do not get in a hackney, whatever you do, don't get in the hackneys, but I'm just a steaming Glasgow 17-year-old in Belfast, like, I'll get a hackney back to the camp, and, but I think that was that, because you process it. How long were you in the army for? Uh, I think about seven and a half years I was in. Did you ever do any tours? Northern Ireland, mate, the big thing I did was the, the Palace Guard, mm-hmm. that's the best thing I've ever done in the army, and it was like the Buckingham Palace, Windsor Palace, Tower of London, but I shouldn't have came out, because I think that's my mental... My dad had cancer. He had a kind of horrific experience with cancer and died quite quickly. And that's where my death thing comes from. Because my dad didn't drink or didn't smoke. And I had come out the army thinking it was going to be for a year. Mm-hmm. And then go back in again and just catch up with the left half And I came out and he had a security company. So I'd kind of helped run his business. And he died, man. It was just... Oh, it was mental, mate. Like, he was my stepdad. Like, so he, he brought me up kind of thing and I called him dad. And that was just an, a horrific experience. And I've never recovered from that death. Every day I think about him, every day, if I think about him, I think about him with the cancer, with the chemo, and it's mental, mate, how how, how one thing can completely change your life. And I think that, I know I know that's, because you, you learn that when you get anxiety, mm-hmm. when you get hypnotherapy, the first thing you should always do with anxiety is go to a doctor. Like, I didn't, I left it and left it and left it and, and tried to take CBD, it helps, but... You've, you've got a pile of shit in there and needs dealt with. And I didn't know my trigger till I sat down with my doctor and she was just sound as fuck. She's like, listen, I've not, I've got like 10 minutes, you need to boost, but what, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? And I'm like, oh, my dad died. And she went, that's probably your trigger. Write stuff down, I mean, didn't know what to do, and, and it was, it was cans. And any time I seen the beat scene on Facebook or if I seen somebody posting with the, they've lost their hair and, and it would be triggering me all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's horrific, man, and I've never recovered from it. But now I kind of I know my trigger. I deal with it. Um, but oh, did you know your real dad? I've just met him, mate. Need to know this. Wow. I met him after the wow after the first lockdown. Nuts, really? mate. I nuts. 
N- never seen the guy. Yeah, I've been very quiet about it. No one of them. You just pumped in. You pumped in. No, you mate. In. I had a. Uh, <laughs> I had met my sisters when I was my stepdad, knew my real dad kind of thing. Right. And through communication, I met my sisters when I was 15. Before I, So I've got three sisters and two mm-hmm. brothers. Mm-hmm. And I met them and I thought I was going to meet my dad. And then it fell through because my dad's new wife was like, nah, you can't meet him kind of thing. What? For obviously reasons, there's reasons behind that kind of thing. So that fell through and it devastated me because I thought I was going to meet him kind of thing. But... I messaged my brother after the first lockdown. I was like, listen, because I speak to my brother now, and I'm like, listen, Richard, like, what is the chances? Because his mum had passed away, and I thought maybe get a bit of time and let the family kind of deal with it. And I was like, in the future, give me a shout, like, kind of when stuff happens, and she just fucked me. He got in contact, and I went and met my brother's pub. And uh, he's such an all right guy, man. Can you believe it? Wow. Can you believe it? We, we speak. We speak now, and... He met my daughter. I took my oldest daughter up, Megan, to meet him. Up to his house and he got his curry. And it's weird because as a boy, I, I grew up knowing that David was the mother. Yeah. I grew up and it was like, I was always a kind of outcast and mm-hmm. I never had a da. You're watching like, school mm-hmm. sports day. Like mm-hmm. everybody's got their big solid da. The negative mm-hmm. race. I've got my, my fucking my 70 year old granny that smokes 40 fags a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no wonder I'm fat kind of thing. So... But yeah. as a wee boy, I struggled with that. Yeah, like yeah. I got bullied. Like everybody gets bullied at some form. But like if my pal got bullied, John, his dad be doing it at school with like ten baseball bats chasing <laughs> all the bullies. Like, I didn't have that. I got bullied and I had to deal with it. It was just like just get bullied. But but I'm before I had met him, I thought I'm before I had knew I was going to meet him. I'd be like, see if I see that guy, I'm just going to stick it at him. I'm just going to punch him. Like how dare you leave me? How how did you leave me without a fucking Dan? And I, I was very, very angry about it. Mm-hmm. But I started going to church and stuff and I learned to like forgiveness. Like you need to forgive and kinda of move on. And then I got this opportunity to meet him and I was sitting, I was thinking, fuck me, like, did I turn up call this guy a dickhead? Like, did I turn up swing him about a pub or, or did I just be a man and forgive him and give him an opportunity to like kinda of be a better granddad at the reins? And mm-hmm. I did meet up to my brother's pub, met my brother for the first time. Done. I was sick twice driving up to a broth. Um, that's where he stays now. Um, drove up to a broth, stopped twice, spewing, anxiety, panic attack, like anxiety. What if he hates me? Like, mm-hmm. what if he gets up and walks out, kind of thing? And I just sat down with the guy, man. I, like, I can't even believe I'm sitting with my dad. Like, my biological dad, he was sound as fuck. He was funny, mate. He, we had the same laugh. No way. Um, we almost looked the same. Like, oh, can I agree with it? And I, was, I thought my dad was fat and baldy because you, you never see your dad. Uh-huh. So my ma's kind of like a brunette and as you grow up, everybody fancies a man like a muscle like him. He must be fat and baldy and like a big chin, like kind of spots and he's seen all that kind of thing. And he's actually like a cute looking wee guy and I'm like, do you know what I need to lose the beef, man? He's a silver fox I'm sitting in front of like, <laughs> I'm my own problem. But we, we speak now and completely, uh, before I met him, as I say, as I was like, right, slate's clean. Like, and of he, course. And he gave somebody a chance and he's not met the other kids yet. He just met my oldest lassie. So hopefully the lockdown kind of progresses. But it's just amazing because I'm feeling everything you say there. Mm-hmm. As I said in the bash, the uh, Bigs and Bash episode before this one, I met mm-hmm. my dad at 28. Mm-hmm. Um, 28 oh, years wow, before so I met mine. Aye. Aye. So 28 years. And uh, I felt everything you said there is surreal. Mm-hmm. You're sitting talking to him. You want to knock him out. For years I'm sitting mm-hmm. in my bed going, if only I had a dad. <laughs> you know, my mom's doing everything. Aye. She's stretching herself so mm-hmm. thin. You know, and mm-hmm. we're struggling and stuff, and I'm, I'm going knock his fucking heat in and mm-hmm. all that. And then I met him, big hugs and all that, mm-hmm. and it was just incredible. Same laugh. How, how's it been now? It's he's in my life. You know, he sends mm-hmm. money over for the wee mm-hmm. man. Um, 
he came over to see me. Over, um, but it's just there. I'll show you. He's in America. Oh, I'll wow. show you all the. Mm-hmm. I'll show you the videos after this. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. I'll put a wee clip up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I it was incredible meeting him and um, obviously oh, crazy. Mm-hmm. It, it's just surreal, isn't it? You're sitting next to him and how, how did you, you feel after you'd known all, see, all after the, the first meeting? How did you, I couldn't sleep for days? Aye, adrenaline. Aye, and a, like a weight was lifted, mm-hmm. and I was the same with you. With you don't know. You, See a wee boy you grow up without a dad. Mm-hmm. You, you had a stepdad there, but when you grow up without a dad, all you do is wish for a dad. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're like, you're fine with your ma. Your ma is your ma and your dad and your grand. You know your ma's everything. I think that's how I thrived still, in the army yeah, because I had a father just, figure, a yeah. sergeant. So he was like my dad. Aye, and it was like I wanted that. All I wished for aye. was my dad to love me. I mm-hmm. wished that for Same years. Mate, it drove me mental. My ma says mm-hmm. I was younger. I used to write letters to him and all mm-hmm. that, and and. I just make sure I just you just you're at football and you didn't have a dad at the side, but my mom mm-hmm. took on that role. She mm-hmm. never missed a game when I was. But it's younger. not the same, isn't it? No, never like, missed a game. I, I, it, it, I didn't, say it that. didn't feel the same. Because, mm-hmm. No, it didn't feel different. Mm-hmm. My mom being at the side, my mom was like, Aye. "Yes, come mm-hmm. on, son," and all that. Mm-hmm. She made me feel as if I had mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. you know, because all the other guys' dads put at the side, mm-hmm. and my mom was there, mm-hmm. and my best pal's mom, whose dad died. Mm-hmm. Of um, dad died of a aneurysm or brain. I might have got that wrong, Johnny. Sorry, whose dad died when he was born. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have a dad either. So my mom and my auntie Jeannie mm-hmm. um, were the ones at the side of the park. The only mm-hmm. two mums normally at the side of the park. It was everyone's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a big thing is like I'd, my hat's off to them. But was, was, was yours kind of social circle? Did they know your dad? Because no, he, he moved to America. Back I, really, America. I used to get the whole thing where I'd meet somebody who knew him, and they'd be like, "Oh, you're your dad's double. Yeah. You're dead like your dad." And even in comedy, people message me saying, "Oh, you're like your dad." And I'd be like, "Is that with David or, or Freddie kind of thing?" Like, I, I don't know where they're getting it, but that drove me mad. Not all my mom's age group, and it was hard. It was mm-hmm. a dunt all the time. All my mum's age group. Uh, with it's a like dick, and it feels like a dick. In the pub. Fucking hell, you look so much like Ken. You've got, mm. but I do look exactly. Mm. I'll show you the video. Is he stunning or not? Eh? Like no way. <laughs> see once we're on here, man, we'll get it. We're getting the video right now, guys. Waiting, you see his reaction when he sees this. So it was mental. So I went to Glasgow Airport, right? Met him, and it was just you'll see it and you can see for yourself live on action. The big man see me meet the old dad. Um, so funny, mental. So it is. Um, Right, we'll get this. Where is it? It's somewhere here. We'll put this up on the screen for you guys, all right? Me meeting the old dad. Um, it's surreal. It's a surreal feeling, like... I mean, you see something that looks like you. I was so... On- I can't tell you how nervous I was. It was see, just... No, but it was funny. Remember that app? And you could, like, make yourself old? Aye, Remember the aye, face yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, the Russians, that's the Russians, don't do it. <laughs> like, I did that, and I gently looked like my dad. No danger. But honestly, and I was like... I didn't know what you looked like before this fucking so app ping. You knew him all along. Aye, so when I done when I done the app ping, I'm like, oh, that's what I look like when I'm old. And then I met him, and, I, and that's the first thing I thought about. He does. <laughs> right. Did it just pause? Fucking wow, man. That's incredible, mate, isn't it? 
He was eating at the time, that's why he's got stuff in his mouth. Did, did, you, did you know he was like 20, any like the gym years. and stuff and he's almost like the same guy? It's like the same guy. Me and him, he just mm. fucking picked me up. I thought I was big and he was just mm. like that. Picked me up, hugged me, you know, and I'm like Did you, you ever try and image your dad? All the time. I was lovely, mate. I had a photo. I had a photo of him that my mum used to show me photos. My mum made sure I knew who all my family were. She was she was amazing. She's the best woman ever. She used to be like there's your dad, mm-hmm. there's your auntie Keisha, I said mm-hmm. in the last one, she would make sure I knew mm-hmm. it was there in case was. there was a chance. Mm-hmm. And I think behind the scenes she was phoning him, trying to get him. He was always running about everywhere, man, mm-hmm. so she couldn't. He was yeah, just being a boy, mind. he was a young boy, he had to move home, he was homesick. Mm-hmm. But it's weird, isn't it? You grew up without a dad, mm-hmm. yeah. I walked out of the pub, just when I first met my dad, I wish I could have video it because it was like top secret. I, this is the first time I spoke about it anywhere. I've never spoke about it on Facebook Brilliant. or like, Brilliant. and it and it and it feels uh, it's going to be my show. I'll talk about it in my show and the whole forgiveness thing. And I walked in my brother's pub. My brother's like, hey, I'm shot in the pub. It was after the first lockdown, so pubs and the beer gardens were opened. And he's but he said to me on Instagram, I'm going to shut the pub for you just so you can meet him. There's nobody like asking for selfies or anything. And uh, I walked in the pub. I didn't know there was still punters coming at the pub, and it was this fucking like steaming guy like with like, long hair and like a big beard. And I'm like. And, no. I, and I thought that was my dad because I, I hadn't seen any pictures. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, fucking stay to my dad, man. <laughs> <laughs> and my brother said, oh, that's, that's a local pub drunk. My dad's there, and he's just kind of sitting, like, waving. <laughs> and I'm like, thank fuck, man. Oh, fucking brilliant, man. <laughs> just this mad, crazy drunk guy. <laughs> he looks at something oh, fucking, like, a hillbilly or something. <laughs> I'm like, please don't be my dad, man. <laughs> like, I need to get away from this guy already. But it, it was, we had dinner, had, and it was funny, right? And like you're hyper vigilant as you know like you meet that person you just like like absorb everything you're, you're, you're sitting you're trying to identify with him and like so he had he had went away and my brother's like what you want to eat and I'm like oh mixed grill with peppercorn sauce and they wrote it and then my dad came back to the toilet and he's like right dad what you want to eat and he's like mixed grill peppercorn oh. sauce so it's wee things like that and I'm like this is fucking bonkers man like mm. so I've, I've met him once um, spoke to him a few times as well but we're going to meet up again together and I, I just hope something, because my big thing, you might be the same, it's like, this is my, my worst thing, I hope he doesn't die, and I don't get to meet him, because that would have fucking killed me, mm-hmm. and, and that was my biggest fear, and it was, especially my stepdad had died, because I didn't, I didn't really think about Freddie as much when I got older, because mm-hmm. you're too focused on your own kids, and, and you think about him, I did think about him, but you've got a stepdad there who, who's kind of stepped up, and when he died, that's when I was like, fuck, I'm going to lose another guy I've never met, and I'm going to spend the rest of my life not knowing who he was. Like, and he even says that when I, when I spoke to Freddie at the, the pub, I'm like, mate, if this is the last time I meet you, I'm just so grateful you for the guts to, because it must take a lot of balls mm-hmm. to, to, to right a wrong. And I'm like, I'm so grateful you took your time to meet me. And, and if you, I don't see you again, thanks a lot, mate. And he's like, no, son, I'll, fucking, I'll see you soon. And sure as hell, me and Meg up for a curry. And uh, it was it was lovely, man. So I just hope something comes it. But absolutely, honestly, I'm. That's funny that I didn't know that you. about you, mate. I didn't know delighted that. Delighted for you. Aye. So um, it is. It's it's a, it's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. How weird is it saying? Oh no, you said. Dad, you I said, called him dad on the phone earlier, and I felt call, pure weird. Did you call your stepdad, dad? Uh, I didn't until after I was sixteen. Right. And I, because so, my name's Gary Jones. Aye. My real name's Gary Jones. I changed it to my oh, stepdad's right, name because he right. was in the parachute regiment. Right. So when I joined the army, I wanted to have my stepdad's name. Aye. So I changed it to Folds. But even like when Freddie, like I was on the phone, and he phoned me the other day, and he's like, "I've had my second because he's older, he's seventy or something." 
He's like, I've had my second COVID jab. And I'm like, oh, that's brilliant, Dad. And like, I came off the phone. And I'm like, ah, I called him down. I'll never talk to him again. He's running like, fuck, like, CSA on the phone. Like, 33 years of CSA. You know what I'm like? Weird. That's mental. And my mum was great. I thought my mum would be fucking mental about it. Because yeah. obviously, there must be, like, you'll know that with your mum. There must be a lot. Because like, as a dad, you know now, like, mm. the amount of pressure that comes with a kid, it's no easy. Like, so, my mum must have heavy struggled. And I thought when I tell her, I'm meeting him, she's just going to go bonkers. But she's like, do you know what? The best thing for you, go and meet him. Brilliant. And that made it so much easier because I had proper fear. I was like, she's going to feel like I've let her down or I'm stabbing on the back. Can I? But I it's just no, grateful, mate. Very, very grateful for that. Never be like that. Oh, that's a brilliant. She'll be like, go. You know, they're just phenomenal. I need to take a wee breath after that. That's got me. <laughs> that's got me in the feels, man. Your dad looks cool as fuck, man. Incredible. Your dad looks proper cool, doesn't he? Oh, he's just. Where was in America? Does he stay? Um. Uh, moved from Detroit to Charleston. Does that mean you get a dual passport? Yeah, I've got one. Uh, dual passport. Fucking hell. Couldn't go, man. I'd get shot. My dad stays in a broth. Your dad's literally the coolest looking guy. My dad's like a wee grey old guy at 70, just funny as fuck. Your so dad's like this body, sexy bodybuilder. See when he came over, people are actually mm. looking like... Like as if it was little and large, honestly, like, That's oh mental. my god, they're the same person. And oh, he's just a big, he's Did just you have a, a, lot in he's common a big, amazing guy. So much, man. Love it in pieces. He's just, he's just like a bigger me. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. I just find it so weird calling him da. mm-hmm. dad. Dad, dad. I've got a mum and dad. Mm-hmm. I took them to meet each other. Mm-hmm. So I did. It was crazy. How did that go? Brilliant. My mum loved it as well. I think my mum was just so happy that. No. I had got a chance to see my dad mm-hmm. before he died. That's mm-hmm. a big thing you think about. I, I, I'm absolutely, I, I'm with you there. Um, right, we'll move on from that. Um, let's talk about this mental health, health crisis. So, mental health crisis and mental health is at an all-time high. Talking about mm-hmm. your time in the army, do you think there's been a wee bit of, of talk about national service maybe mm-hmm. becoming a thing. Right. What's your thoughts on that? For I, I don't think that'd be a bad thing. I think, I'd, no, I, I don't think anybody should be forced to go to the army. I don't think anybody should be forced, but I think there should be a better option, people, if they want to kind of, like, I'm, I'm a scheme boy and I, and I never come away for that. I'm, I'm very lucky that the army completely changed me for the better, but I don't know. I didn't get my mental health for the army. I got my mental health for my dad, my stepdad we spoke about with the cancer stuff, so mm-hmm. at any walks of life you get mental health, but I don't agree with national service. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't force that in it, because people are just no made for the army, but when you join the army, there's maybe a hundred of these in a, in a room, a dorm, not a room, but in a yeah. section, and at the end of that, training, because it's fucking brutal, mate, it's no easy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very, even to this day, I'm very surprised I got by it. Like, every day I'm like, I'm fucking out here, I can't handle this guy screaming in my face, like, <laughs> And it's physical, mate. You're this cocky wee guy, like, talk to your fucking daft, mm. and you're getting ripped out of the room and rumbled about, and you're taught a lesson the hard way. Mm. Maybe like football, because I know football's like that back mm. in the days, and they speak mm. about that quite commonly, but, like, the, the, the wee Ned got battered out of me, and I'm very grateful for it. I didn't get bullied, and I didn't get abused. It was just like, there's, there's a structure here, and you need to follow that mm. structure. I'm, I'm saying, I don't know if I could do it. Mm. I mean, I would love to... I'd love to be in something higher. I'd mm-hmm. love to be like a, an agent and all that mm-hmm. stuff, all the cool mm-hmm. movies you see, but I, the screaming in the face and all that, I don't know if I could take it. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm not disciplined or anything like that. I can understand. And it's, a it's, guy screaming in my face isn't going right. to make me try 
any harder to save his life. I'll try hard to save it in the first place. Do mm. you know what I mean? I just, I don't know. It's just not my thing. But it's not like that all the time. Went. It's like the initial. That's how they weed people out. Do you know? Aye, of course. But I, I remember a boy, and it was like it was. You got different. So you, like we had Ian Parts, and he was brilliant. I love that guy to this day. I still love him because he he helped mould me and a better person. Mm. But there was like another section and they're just giving it to this wee guy and the wee guy just snapped at me and just hooked the instructor. Oh, and I'm like, fuck, and you can see the wee guy getting full in, you know what I mean? But that's what they're trying to do. And you, it's weird, man. Who's got the uh, thing. It's, yeah, it's just weird because everyone says, oh, these guys in the army and all this and stuff. And that, see all the people from my school that went to the army. And I remember it right now, mm -hmm. the people from my year and the year below, I wouldn't even trust them. To fucking mm -hmm. read me a paper. They gave him a grenade. They were. <laughs> absolutely. I was that wee guy. Fuds. I was a wee dick. We bullies. I, I, I was that wee buzz. I was that wee dick. Wee, and we guys that would snake mm -hmm. on you. There was a wee mm -hmm. guy that went, I won't mention his name, he was a wee snake. Mm -hmm. Horrible wee guy. I used to bully people and all that. And he went and goes, I don't want to be in the army next to people mm -hmm. like him. I don't want. He wouldn't have lasted not, long. He's not saving my. He did. He lost. He went in. He went in. And then he came out. He lasted time. Three of them I know that mm -hmm. went in and came out. They're all pricks. But. Are they still pricks? One of them's not. One of them, the army mm -hmm. changed them for the mm -hmm. good. Great guy, got a family, some kids and all that. Two of them, um, the other two. Still fuds. Oh, yeah. One of them's at shots mm -hmm. in the jail. But is so, a prison warden or a, a no, jail? No, he's, he's in the jail. He just, he just didn't uh, change. He just didn't mm -hmm. change. I think he must have been a bit wild. I only mm -hmm. think he done a few years. But anyway, it just wasn't the people I wanted next mm -hmm. to me. Um, my best friend in the army, Jamie Robertson, and he he, he loved it. He, he's mm -hmm. been in, I think he might be still in actually. Mm -hmm. but, so he must have went in 15, he's been in about 10 years, 11 years. It's a great life, man. It's, his, it's, it's a the great best life. thing in the world Aye. to him. So it's just each to their own. Mm -hmm. I don't think we should be, we should be, as you say, we should be made to go. I think it's a mm -hmm. definitely something that can be good. There was a guy that used to always say, I was, go get some life experience in the mm -hmm. army and all that stuff. I say, listen, what mm -hmm. life experience, what experience do you think? <laughs> Tell me the difference between life experience mm -hmm. and getting shot. Mm -hmm. There's no life experience in the army I that go I'm going to go work in Magaluf and get the same horrors. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> go I'm going to work in Magaluf. Someone will be like, Kenny McKay, who's really a fucking bastard, you? Mm. Do you know what I mean? But discipline and all that, mm. absolutely, aye. But I just, but I would love, see if I could see, go back in time, I think I would love to go in. I think I would love mm. to do it. I'd try to go to back. Try it. That's why I was to wait the first lockdown. I, 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 and it pained me because I, I got help with anxiety, is which it, I thought was horrific, mate. That pissed me off. I would like to have been in Aye. the city and all that. How did you not mm -hmm. get to go there? Was it just just there was the my time, mate? Just didn't no. do it. You know what I mean? But I'd love to go over and do all but that. But I'd, I'd love to have went back in, and I honestly think I'd have went back in the army and COVID had been cut. You know what I mean? Because it was like I was so happy now. I mean, I think it's trying to reestablish itself. It's like see when you come out the army. This is the problem with the army, and I'm, I'm very honest about stuff, like, when you're in the army, you get three meals a day, and a roof of your head, and a uniform. The, the, see, the finance aspect to that is fucking shocking, because you can go and blow your money in the first month, you've still got three meals a day, a roof of your head, and a uniform. So, it's very much probably like guys who are in the jail, who come out of the jail after a long-term sentence, and they just can't adapt to society. Yeah. So I think this is why a lot of soldiers end up homeless in the streets, involved in crime, or some boys thriving, they're brilliant, but I don't think there's enough aftercare for boys and girls getting out. I think it's like the army, you get out and shut the door behind your back. And I didn't think it was like that until I tried to join again. And it was very shut door. Like, oh, you've had mental health, you can't get back in. They didn't terrible. say, you've overcame your mental health, and, and you've... You've helped others and you've demonstrated that you can change. It was just shut the door, don't come back. It's absolutely terrible. It's fucking horrific, mate. It is. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a sore, it's a sad state of affairs. Mm -hmm. 
for me, really sad state of affairs. We're seeing mm -hmm. it too much. People not adapting, they get any help. Mm -hmm. There's movies made about this stuff, mm -hmm. man. You know what I mean? Try to get the point across to the mm -hmm. services to look after their and no, men nobody, and women. Nobody more. says for me, like, I tried not to speak about it, but I was getting in. I'd passed my, my medical and stuff. Like, but, but when I tried to like, shut the door on us, I felt like that's what I've let herself down because it doesn't say a good message for anybody who's struggling. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, I, and I tried to keep it very quiet. See the sense of press and publicity. I tried to kind of hamp it down because I was getting in, and obviously I've I've got a good relationship with the portals and stuff. And my mate Stephen, who's a Daily Record, he's an ex-soldier, so that's how I kind of connect with him. Mm -hmm. And as a friend, I was talking to him, and I'm like, "Oh man, I'm going back in and that." And sure as fuck, man, boom, it's in the paper. Gary Ford's going back to the army. I had passed all my tests. I was going in, and then I just got this email like, "I'll be back to speak to you about your previous mental health." And it was, it was like, can I get back in? Don't reply again. There was no, there was no phone call saying, listen, we're really sorry. You've, you've done your time in the army. We, we loved having you here, but you can't go back in. It was just fucking door shut. And I think that's the very, very wrong message to put out. There should be an assessment when you go down and then they say, give you a chance to prove yourself. I go help once and, and see since that. I, I went to the doctors, I said, and she was brilliant. Gave me loads of advice. She gave me fucking... I can't remember the tablet she gave me, but I didn't take them. So I didn't, it wasn't like, like constant care for my anxiety. There was one time I went and asked for help and that was it. But that one time asking for help, it's got a negative impact in my life. Cause now I associate with that knockback as don't get help your mental health. And I've really struggled with that as somebody who's telling people, go and get, especially forces boys, mm -hmm. Go and speak to your sergeant. I would be scared to say it, a boy now. Yeah. If one of my boys for army message or lashes and says to me, Gary, I'm in the army like you, I'm struggling with my mental health. I would be like, honestly, the new I'd be like, go private, go and get hypnotherapy yourself. Do not speak to the army because it will fucking hurt you in the, in the future. That is a horrific thing to say. What kind of image is that? And what, what does that tell other squaddies? And if it went to press, he didn't get back in because of mental health. And I'm like, fuck me. That's what I didn't want to happen. There's a double dunner. Double dunner, mate. Oh, it's, a, it's a double well, slap. It's a slap for the army a and a slap for myself for even talking about it. Is. And it's that way so many soldiers just feel mm -hmm. like pawns. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just pawns at the disposal. There's lots of targets in the army. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't see that until then. Before that, I was yeah. like, the army, my, my God, I love you. you get goggles on. Uh, you, you, get goggles. Fans, you get the army uh, goggles. Mm -hmm. You get people that come in and like, this and that, don't say this mm -hmm. about the army and that, mm -hmm. when really... There's a lot of money involved mm -hmm. and there's a lot of politics as we mm -hmm. know but that's that's terrible i think someone like you speaking up about that i hope mm -hmm. it gets picked up on mm -hmm. um and it gets a right message out there especially mm -hmm. our services and regiments in scotland it shouldn't be to people it should be to leaders to, be to go fuck me we need to change our, our approach to people with mental health to be a change Aye. what i want to talk about mental health wise with you is i want to talk symptoms mm -hmm. we, we get all this talk about mental health and people going on and talking about it. even ambassadors mm -hmm. i see them all they never come out and talk about what they go through mm -hmm. um I, I do it you know um our next guest aiden's been doing it recently mm -hmm. we need much more people to do you come out and talk about it but people sometimes just never go into what's actually happening i think mm -hmm. that's the thing that's going to save lives that's what i've been trying to do recently mm -hmm. with people is going in and to say what actually is going on in someone's head mm -hmm. so if you if you're comfortable i just want to sit with symptoms with you, what happens with the anxiety? What are you going through every day? What's mm -hmm. what's happening? Because this is where I think people at home can go. Fucking hell, I tell that's you me. Mate, I feel anxious before I talk about this. Even talking about it, my mouth's gone dry. My heart's starting to race. You like, don't need to talk about nah, it. If you want to talk no, but about it's it. obviously for the greater good kind mm -hmm. of thing. But this is what I'm saying. That, uh, like, remember, I first had anxiety and I googled my symptoms. 
and and as I read my symptoms, I got them. So that I didn't have a dry mouth, but my heart was racing. I was hyper vigilant. But when you Google anxiety, race to the heart, pain in the chest, pain in the arm, it's associated to a heart attack. I'm having a heart attack. It, it's it's mental. One minute I can be brand new. One minute the dry mouth goes. The thinking starts. What's happening here? What's going to happen? Where's my way up to? Where's my wee lassie? Where's my boss is going to set me one day? I'm going to fail this course. And it, and everything becomes very small. And it's like, in my head, it's like screaming constantly. And I need to do something to shut off. And normally that's go for a nap, bounce up. But my, my biggest thing is the panic attacks. Like, box breathing. Have you heard of that? Kind of like, mm-hmm. I've tried that. I've tried everything, mate. Nothing helps. it. only thing that helps me is a nap. And it's like a refresh button. But mine just panic. That's what I would describe my symptom as, is just sheer panic out of nothing. Like, it's fucking mental. It's, it's people, people talk about, oh, they're having a cunt a day. I could be having the best day ever. And then, bang, my heart's racing. I'm worried about something that's not even, you shouldn't worry about. Horrific, mate. Do you ever get that feeling of doom? Or I've got that all the time, mate. Have a heart I've got that all the moment, and I you start thinking about your heart, and then it palpitates. Not that's what I'm saying. Heart. I start, so, like the symptoms. If here, I'm man. sitting and I think I'm having a panic attack, my brain will go, "Your mouth's going to go dry. You're going to go clammy. Yeah, your, your heart's <laughs> going to race. You're <laughs> going to get the pain." It's like almost you're telling your body what to go through. Mm-hmm. But the impending doom thing, I've got that all the time. Especially, I, the, I get the pending doom. Uh, especially the weight thing with the heart. Like oh, I'm going, yeah. I'll go to the noon, fucking order a kebab, mm-hmm. and then spend the rest of the night on about having a heart attack. It's fucking hypocritical <laughs> as fuck. I just sometimes, how does that make there, sense? Honestly, I'm sitting there and I'm watching something. I can't mm-hmm. focus on the TV, and I'm just thinking about my heart. You mm-hmm. know, and it's going. It might skip a beat, man, and I'm freaking out. You mm-hmm. know, I'm starting to get the butterflies. I'm starting to get hot and cold, thinking. Oh no, I think mm-hmm. I'm going to die soon. When I'm not going to die, so mm-hmm. it's about reteaching myself. This is just a feeling, mm-hmm. you know. You know, don't give to it. Don't, don't give into it. And it's fucking brutal. And mm-hmm. I think that's what needs to be talked about more. Just feelings mm-hmm. of feelings and symptoms. What we're going, it's all right. Just hearing someone go, "I'm depressed," you know, or I deal with anxiety and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, thing he talks about his mental health. No, he's not really. Mm-hmm. What's going on? What goes mm-hmm. on? What, 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 what do you go people? through? Yeah, what are people going through? That's why I had got the group together. See when I when I first go to the group together, uh, kind of like, cause you, you Google things and it's some fucking hippie sitting saying meditate. Like my my anxious mind can't meditate. Mm-hmm. Matt, there's fuck all turning my anxious mind off. If I'm anxious, I'm anxious unless I'm sleeping. It's the only thing that gets me out of my anxiety attacks. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to put it on Facebook and just say, listen, I didn't get that group together to be this mad fucking superhero who helps men. It wasn't like that. It was like I just wanted to be with like minded guys who struggle like me, so I could sit down and say something like me and your day now. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? What's it like? What do you feel like? Oh, I, I get the call, the dry mouth, I get the, the anxious feelings, I run to the hospital, I phone ambulances, I'm having a heart attack. And that group was an absolute godsend because it was that relatability with other guys. Big Kai, who was just like you, mate, big solid guy, who you look at and you go, this guy doesn't get struggles. He's just a fucking big handsome bastard who doesn't have any worries. He's got a good body, like lovely teeth, nice hat, nice t-shirt. Like, but <laughs> keep going, keep going, keep bringing Some football it. player, best podcast. <laughs> but it's like when you hear this guy showing a vulnerability, it's, it's what you're doing with this podcast. Aye. It's not in a group format. But when you meet all these different guys who are like key players or just normal guys, when you hear them talking about their struggles and, and what helps them, like they come in and say CBD tea or fucking hypnotherapy, or, mm-hmm. it was just, it was a, it was a life changer for me because I'm never, I, I've been suicidal a couple of times this year, but that was very, that was quashed. That was like, 
I don't know about other people, but my my suicidal thoughts is like a spontaneous thing. It's like if I'm standing at a train, a train goes by, I think, yeah. If I just died from yeah. this train, then it'd be fucking it's done. Over. Aye. Yeah. And, but if I come out of that, it's gone. So I'm very lucky that I don't have that all the time. It's just the doom and gloom constantly. It's a constant depression, mm-hmm. and then sometimes the yeah, because it can just be that we change, that we flicker, and then you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're jumping in front of that train, and that's what no one wants. That's what none of us want mm-hmm. for anyone. You know, it's and it's the aftermath you think about as well. What did your kids so, go through? There's so many mm-hmm. bits to it, isn't there? But in the moment. You're just consumed with this darkness. You're absolutely drowned. Mm -hmm. I think it's, for me, I really struggle, really struggle daily, really. And I've learned to almost ride that struggle. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it's no way to live, but it's getting me by the now, Mm -hmm. that kind of way. Um, Sometimes really good days. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, my heart will go... Last night, I was thinking about the just something like the podcast, mm-hmm. the day of podcasting and training, and I'll get the butterflies in my stomach, mm-hmm. and they're really hot. I get it in my chest all the time. They're really horrible feeling, man. Makes you think as if you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have a heart attack, but you're not. You're all right. I'm just sitting there. My heart's mm-hmm. just beating 60 beats per minute, mm-hmm. nice or 40 beats per minute. I'm watching TV, and it can, my head's going, pop, 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 mm-hmm. fucking thinking this, thinking that. You're not good enough. Why are you not doing this? Why are you doing mm-hmm. that? Your son doesn't like you, this and that. And you think, fuck me. Mm-hmm. Somebody Wait, says to I me, just go and do this? My you know? thing was the heart racing, the, the heart attacks. And somebody's like to me, go and get a Fitbit. And you'll be able to know you're not having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. But I would buy this Fitbit, mate, and I'd be looking at it and I'd be like 120 beats. And I'd be like, oh, fuck's sake, 120 is a big heartbeat. And I'd be like 140. <laughs> then 180. And I'd be like, fuck me, I'm throwing the Fitbit off my wrist. Fuck, I'm going like, to die. But it's just, it's. This is why I stopped the group because, like, I was in this group and I'm giving guys advice, but I'm not living advice myself. Mm. Like, I'm telling these guys, oh, you're all right, mate, you're fine. Do this, do this, do that. Leaving the group, sitting in my motor and bursting into tears because I care about all these guys and I can't handle the pressure of what they're going through because you build relationships with people. Mm. And I just couldn't cope with it. And I'm like, I need something to take this off me. And and Ryan Coots, as I say, he's a brilliant boy, mate. He's, he's a guy who I believe is, is, is his, his group's kind of pulled back now he's dealing with stuff, but I think that guy's the perfect guy for the job. He's going to go and do amazing things because he's, he's got an ambition about him and a care and he goes through the struggle. And I, I honestly, I was like, thank fuck he took that group off me because that was making me worse because I felt like a pure hypocrite all the time. I didn't know that was your group. I I, I was, I found, I didn't found it. I started the group. That's what I'm talking right. about. For my, and, and Ryan came well, along. I didn't know that was your group. I aye. thought that was his group. Aye. He'd Ryan took it on, aye. Aye, and I took it to, you founded it. Aye, he, he took Amazing. it to... He, he started the moment and stuff, and he's a brilliant boy, mate. And I remember sitting and he was talking, and I was just sitting and thinking to myself, I should be his group. Do you get that? Do you ever yeah, feel like yeah. you're sitting I'm not the right man for the job, can I? And it, and it takes a lot to be like that. You want to help every cunt, but I felt like I would have made everybody worse, because I would have just went, fuck this, the group's finished, I'm walking away, I can't handle it, I'm feeling more pressure than before I started the group, because... I cared about all these guys, mate, and I couldn't I couldn't make it professional. I couldn't go right, just pull yourself away from it. So Ryan took it on, mate, and the boys all went and done their own thing and they've done brilliant, you know what I mean? And and he got another group of women and stuff as well, and good on him, mate. But I believe that boy has has got like I believe my calling in life's to be a comedian, because I like making people laugh. I believe that boy's calling's mental health, mate. He's fucking he's got such a power about him. Mm-hmm. And he's likable. 
he's approachable, he's, he, he listens and and it's like, I wish I had money, mate, at the time, because I would have said, there's 20 grand a year, mate, just you focus on doing mental health yeah. stuff, because he's, he's got a gift about him, mate. And I think sitting in the group behind and watching him be the way he is, I was like, I need to step back, because I'm not the right man for this job, it should be somebody like him, should be there in this group, and I'm grateful that he, he went and took it on and made it better, as such, you know what I mean? But it's, it's, it's mental, mate, because you need that relatability, people. I'm too personal. I might be everybody, I love everybody. I sit with you and you meet up your dad and all that. If I seen you online struggling, I'd be fucking struggling. If I go online and you're like, I'm having a cunt today, I'm feeling suicidal, I absorb it and it sits on me and I can't get air it and mm-hmm. it's mental, mate. But I think Ryan's a strong individual. I used to be a bit like that, mm-hmm. I would ride on. Even a stranger? I would ride on other one's aye. emotions, aye, and aye. put my mood down. So let's talk about a wee bit more, move on to a wee bit more of your comedian mm-hmm. um, stuff. What's the best experience you've had as a comedian? Armadillo coming out, coming out the Armadillo stage and I had, so the wings at Armadillo, it's 3,000 people, my biggest gig in Glasgow. Like, I remember the countdown going on and the, room, the room's buzzing, but it was like 10, 9, everybody's gone mental. And I, I remember looking, I was at one side of the stage, and I could see my ma, Megan, Ashley, and my family just kind of sitting at the wing there, but behind the stage as well. And I, I just remember their faces when I walked out, and I was I was kind of walking out to three thousand people and looking at my daughter and my man and my wife, and that that was a moment for me. That was when I went because I I didn't when I started comedy, my goal was the Armadillo. It wasn't the Hydro or Hamden. Mm-hmm. It was the Armadillo. So as I was walking on that stage, lots of people cheering, looking at my family. It was weird because it was like that was the end goal. I didn't make any other goals, so that, obviously the show was was brilliant. But coming after the back of that show was just mental, like just I How's couldn't come to the shows. Mental, mate. I'm terrible. Uh-huh. I'm so bad, mate. And my agent would tell you that, like, see, before a show, I'm lying on the floor having a full scale panic attack. I don't know to this day how I got up there, honestly. Uh-huh. Before that, my dollar, I was sick. See the countdown. Uh-huh. I, like I can't eat all day. See, if I'd done a show every day, I'd have a fucking body like yours. Wow. You know what I mean? It's the pure fear. Like, what if I got the anxiety? What if I go to this gig and everybody hates me? You know what I mean? It's just... But it never goes. It never changes if it's a 100-seater or a 3,000-seater. The level of anxiety is always you there. Know, you know what I love about you? He admits that. Mm-hmm. This is a big thing where a lot of people will be watching that and he ad- and Gary admits mm-hmm. that... He's constantly beating himself up when most people just go, oh, no, it's this, it's that, mm-hmm. it's this. You're like, am I no good enough? Does am I going to be good enough? No, yeah. That is an important thing to recognise that mm-hmm. a lot of us men are feeling mm-hmm. like that. I'm not good enough. Am I good enough? People go, fuck up, stop feeling mm-hmm. this. Sorry for yourself. Your friends maybe will say mm-hmm. that to you. When there is a lot of us feeling the exact same fucking way, mm-hmm. it's important to get this across. Um, and then you pull yourself back and just go on stage. Mate, see, see when I first grab that mate, there's a vulnerability man. I'm the most vulnerable person in that room. And then I get the first laugh. And it, it's that uh, it's a corny saying, but I always say I would love to be the Gary that's on stage in real life. Because the Gary on stage is a confident me. He's the, like you see, you go in a show, the doors are shut, you just enjoy the show. Aye, like for that aye. hour, I can be whoever I want to be. Like I grab the mic, my first laugh, and it's it's like a dream. Seeing I came off, like before it is like, it's two people. It's almost bipolar. Before the before the gig, panic attacks. I'm going to leave. I'm telling major to fuck off, get out the room. He's, he's like, calm down, none of. And I'm like, you don't know what it's like. I'm having a panic attack. He's like, stop being sick. I make yourself ill. And, and then I came off the stage, and I'm just buzzing. I'm like, wow, man. And it's, 
Best, best feeling in the world. Oh, I remember trying to send my missus. I remember my said to me, how the fuck can you come off so happy and you went on greeting? Like, actually greeting me anxiety, like. I remember uh, sending my missus mm. pure hauling, mm. shouting at her, trying to get her to phone the ambulance mm. for my panic attack. Mm. She obviously knew it was a panic attack, mm. so she's been like that nice. Mm. You're going away, phone the ambulance, mm. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm like, get my nail, I'm having this. I had a, when I first had anxiety, my first proper panic attack, I ran for Spring Boyg to the Royal. I'm just at the army. Just ran to I it. ran, mate, right? Bounced in and the that's, door. That's a good three and a half mile. Like, because <laughs> I fought in the ambulance and the woman was just asking, and she was asking me questions, and I'm like, going to fuck up and just come and help me. Like, I'm going to die. Like, Wait a minute, I'm I've surprised got your panic attack lasted mate, over the I three ran, and a half fucking, I fucking miles. Ran, I ran to the Royal, right? And I bust in the door, and I'm like, the last day, having a heart attack. And I, I obviously, she doesn't know I've ran. I'm busting the Royal, and I'm fucking, I'm sweating, mate. So she must be like, ah, that's cut this. Uh, mate, they took real. me straight in, mate, and I put the ECG or whatever it is on me. And the guy's like, right, fucking, your, your heart rate's through the roof. How did you get here, Zendi Wayne? I went, no, I ran. And the doctor just paused and he went, you ran? <laughs> what did you run for? And I'm like, that's fine, boy. And he's like, that's three miles away. You're not having a heart attack because oh, you'd be dead. And then he's like, you have had anxiety? And that's the first time I'd ever heard anxiety properly. I'm like, the fuck's anxiety? And he explained, I'm like, no, mate, it's not me. I'm What's confident that nonsense? Fuck. I'm the boy in the pub who fucking everybody loves and I'm Jack the Lad. And, and that was the moment that I first heard anxiety properly. I heard it before, like cancer or uh-huh. diabetes. Like, you just don't pay it because it doesn't affect you. But when I done that, when I ran to the Royal, and I was like, mate, I'd be lying in my bed, like, I'm phoning an ambulance, but oh, I don't right. want to waste her time. It's fucking... How, you t- so, pandemic hits, right? Mm-hmm. And then, we're coming out of the pandemic, you take a, a brain sip on. Mm-hmm. Where's that come from? I just didn't want to say that about me. It was just, because I, I had went for comedy, gone well, to be homeless, because I was shite uh-huh. with money. Like, I spent my money and I shouldn't have spent it. And... I remember sitting in a homeless place and I'm like, I need to fucking do something. I need to get a trade behind me where a backup and an apprenticeship came up, mate, and I took it on. I've only got three months left and I'm qualified. It's been the best thing I've ever done. Wow. Like, it's took that, that comedy away from me. See, that sense, like, I need comedy to pay the wages. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe when comedy comes back, I'll just do it to enjoy it because I made a good living as a gas engineer. So I think it's been the saving grace because comedy, I was like, I fucking went away for this now, like... Because it's a money pressure, it's no enjoyable. Hats off to you for doing uh, it. Many people would just a wallet mm-hmm. in their own self pity. You've got up and goes right. I'm going to get a trade mm-hmm. behind us. But anxiety. I, see if I sit about, I'll fucking kill myself. Yeah. I need yeah. to keep moving. That's that, why people always uh, say to me, "Oh, you're just spreading yourself too thin. You're mm-hmm. doing this. You're doing that. Podcast football. Mm-hmm. That says, listen, that's that's keeping me alive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Comedy I was killing me. I don't get comedy. Just was... think, man, and be like, uh, you know I felt, I mean? when I went full-time comedy, I felt like I took a death pill. It was a matter of time before I'd done something stupid because I'm sitting in the house, lonely as fuck, feeling sorry for myself, no doing anything, and just getting fatter, you know what I mean? <laughs> but the apprenticeship, I'm busy, and it's good because the people at the Technical Academy, like I've told them, listen, I've got bad anxiety, like, mm-hmm. there might be times I might seem hypervigilant or off, or, but my, my lecturer, I had a panic attack the other day, and my lecturer's like, go and sit in the room, so I'm leaving, mate. So I went and sat in the room and he came in and he's like, big man, you all right? I'm like, I'm all right. And it's, it's so good that mental health is so open now. I think years ago, you're an apprentice, you're like, having a panic attack, your trademark, they've been like, that slap, fuck up and get in the van, you hurry up, and take you for a pint to the pub, kind of. That was the mentality in Scotland before, but it's it's so open now and it's lovely because people are like, oh, anxiety, right? Nobody's mate. There's a wee room for you. Go in that room, get a cup of water and come back in. And, and because, of, because I've got that support, 
I've just fried through this course. Mm-hmm. That made a brilliant. Do you ever get how you said you were vigilant and you were off? Do you ever get when you're off? I get this a lot of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there and I'm a bit off, right? And people mm-hmm. can see it in your face. And, and they think, think it's you can't hide Aye. it. They think it's personal and actually you, you're a bit boring. Why are you being mm-hmm. so negative all the time? You're in mm-hmm. the mood. Missus always thinks that of me. Oh, why are you? You're just in the mood, mm-hmm. man. Why are you bringing it down and all that? And I'm thinking, remember sitting at a pub with people. Susan and it was like the guys like, ah, you're fucking, you're a comedian. I'm the funniest guy in this pub. And I just, I was like, I know, mate, you're brilliant, and I, and I let it go, but a little did you know, I'm starting having a fucking massive panic attack, because I've drank a vodka Red Bull, and it's sent me into, <laughs> like, caffeine for me is, like, fucking, it's horrible, <laughs> man. kills me now. No, I can't touch it. I'll be sitting in the house with palpitations constantly, right. about seven o'clock, man, I'll do, do, do. oh, no, I'm going to die, man. I drank an espresso the other day. I was right. I was at a meeting with my boss, and, and he's and he's like, do you want a coffee? And I'm like, I guess it's a espresso, like that. And I know for a fact, I drank the espresso, and went, I'm having a panic attack. <laughs> and sure as fucking earlier, I'm sitting in the van and I'm like, get him, mate, get him, I'm going to die. Like, and, and he's like, what the fuck was happening? And it was just, it's so stupid, it's like the eating. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's going to affect me. Do you know, I find but, out the only way when you've got bad, severe anxiety that you can have caffeine is if you work out straight after aye. it. And you work it out and then you feel all right. See if you have it and you don't work it. Uh, it fucking... And they asked me advice, give me advice, my anxiety. Speak to somebody. <laughs> Stop drinking caffeine and fucking sleep. Stop doing cocaine. That's the things, man. Sleep. I get seven hours cocaine. sleep. See if you're sleep deprived, you're fucked. Aye. See if you're drinking caffeine, you're fucked. See if you're not talking to somebody, you're fucked. Like, that's the first few things you that's should be doing. That's not talked about as much. Sleep Aye. deprivation. Mm-hmm. Max, I used to have Oh, I'm oh, the same, mate. Yeah, big time. That's my big priority. Get seven hours sleep or I'm fucked. I I'll know that. See if I get five hours, I know I'm fucked. <laughs> okay. Hey, so. You are, talk back to the apprentice, right? Mm. Adult apprentice, you know, something that back in the day probably didn't ever happen. <laughs> How, how's that been for you? Have you struggled being a, the, the kind of one of the only adult apprentices? I've struggled more with the learning, see, because I was a wee idiot at school. I was a class clown, didn't pay attention. I've struggled with the theory, but because I date as a job, I've kind of thrived, but it's just, it's re-establishing yourself in it. Mm. It's just relearning and, and you grow as a man. Or a woman as an adult, when you, when you grow, you, your priorities change. And I wish I wasn't a wee bam at school because I'm I'm loving it. Like a, like maths before me. Like if you gave me a calculator, I could write Edgar boobs. That's all I could do. A calculator, <laughs> not me, but now I can do theories and, and work out gas qualities. And yeah. it, it's honestly, mate, the learning experience is good. And I think that's because the guys at the course are so open with me. Mm-hmm. And and it's very individual. Like if I'm struggling, I can go and say, "Big man, I'm struggling with the, the gas rates." Nobody's me, I'll take time and help you. Like, I think if I had a teacher at school, like I've gone to college, I would have done brown at school. But at school, it was like, because I was a wee dick, it'd be like, just write him off. I was always written off. So I walked in a class, go to the unit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to sit down sometimes, but <laughs> to my own fault, being a, a wee idiot, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But, it, like, because I'm getting a proper learning programme now, I'm loving learning. Like, I, lo- I love it, mate. And when I'm finished this, I'm going to do an electrical course next, which is a year as well. Brilliant. And it's mental, mate. I never thought about that, ever. Brilliant. No, I've got hats mm-hmm. off to you, mate. I'm so proud of you. I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely fantastic. Do you want your boiler service? Give us a shout out. You will, mate. I'll have it on my Instagram <laughs> and I don't want to be plugging you. <laughs> don't need to plug it, mate. I'll do it for that as a friend. I'll unscrew the washer just to talk to you. <laughs> right, Gary, come on now. And it's funny because you know when people say she's like, because of the face mask, they don't recognise yeah. me. Brilliant. I mean, my boss got on brown, mate. So I'll start laughing and a woman done it all day. She came in and she's like, ah, 
Who's something like that wee guy off Facebook? And I was like, with the mask. Oh, she's like, oh my God, you got any moments? And she was like, what I was fucking watching you this morning. That's lovely, mate. Because I love my following. My following have probably kept me alive. And that and that's probably something you shouldn't say. Like, like social media is not real and all that. But some of these people are brilliant, man. See, like, there's a connection, mate. And that's what I said at the start. It's not like... There's no big pound signs I see. Listen, these guys just, would set aye. up a GoFundMe page. Oh, they've tried me, and, and, and I've been like, "Fucking get out!" They've just tried that a few times. Aye. You know, these guys, these the fans, the mm-hmm. followers, your fans, my fans, mm-hmm. they're the best people in the world. Oh, they're they phenomenal. Keep us going. Um, so here at Flat the Mindset, we always ask our guests to talk about a time where they've been through one of their darkest moments. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been clouded, and then. How they dealt with that and how they came out the other side. What was that? What was that? Homeless stuff this year was definitely that for me. The the pride of, of leaving a thousand pound a month flat in Deniston, the pure hip central, and and like having money to go in because I volunteered for the kind of street team in Glasgow, but at the start of COVID when I had my kind of comedy money, mm-hmm. and I was feeding the homeless and stuff every every night. So I was walking in the town feeding the homeless, and uh, that was brilliant. And then I became homeless, and then I got sent to a hostel. But the people I was feeding the two, three weeks previously lived. And I remember, like, I felt pure shame. And it's probably the wrong thing to say. But, you, you know, I didn't think I was better than anybody. But I didn't think I deserved to be homeless. Like, but I was homeless because of my own doing. I'm shite with finances. And I didn't, I was spending money in Just Eat when I knew my rent was due. And um, I remember getting into the place. And I was just like, fuck me, man. And it was, that's when the walk started. Because I was like, I can't hang about this building for too long. The people were brilliant. Everybody's struggling. But I felt like I'll end up taking something. I'll end up taking a drink. I'll end up taking drugs. Because I get, I get that addiction mm-hmm. going through that short period mm-hmm. of time. And and I was like, fuck me, I need to get out of this hostel. And I need to go walk. And I did. Every day I would go out and walk for seven hours. Because when the first lockdown happened, it was like you're watching the telly in China. People lying in the street did not that and everybody was fucking terrified. Yeah, that. I, I was terrifying. Cuts get in, kicking doors with a big suit so many guns. I don't know anyone who's died like this. <laughs> but you know what, I'm just going to lie about it. They were everywhere, they were just I, spaced out weirdly. And I didn't, I, I couldn't get the wings because we were all terrified. I, my ma worked in a care, so I, so I had to go homeless to get a flat to be with the kids yeah. kind of thing. And I remember like, fuck me, so every day I went out and I walked in I remember having that thought in my head and I'm lying in the bed and it's like every morning it was in the Rennie McIntosh Hotel so it was like a boutique hotel mm-hmm. and I remember phoning because the, the homeless workers like oh we've got you a place tonight because it was going to be the what do you call that? The Christian place and it's like a shelter you just sleep in the sleeping bag at night time I, I was going to go there and I remember the homeless guy phoning says listen big man we've got you a place pure luck and I remember phoning the Rennie McIntosh reception and I'm like, listen, what's it like in there? Is it like, is it full of psychos? Is it fighting? Because my anxiety was like, you're going to get stabbed in here. It's like the jail, you're going to get shanked. Or... And I remember going in, man, the guy's like, Gary Folds, man, what are you doing in here? It was one of the homeless guys. Oh, yeah. And he's like, are you bringing the food for the kindness? And I'm like, no, mate, I'm kind of, I'm here. Wow. So I remember lying in the bed and I'm like, I need to get out of here, man. I need to get my mindset away from this fucking, the depriveness. It's nobody's fault. People are there for, for different reasons, but... Like we're talking about, I absorb everything. If I talk to somebody and they're like, "Oh, I take heroin," it makes me feel better. My brain will be like, "Take heroin and make you feel better." Is That's it? my addictive personality uh-huh. kind of thing. And and every, every day I went walking, and it's the more I walked, the better my mental health got. It's bizarre, mate, because you you Google these things. It's like walk for ten minutes, and it helps your mental health, and you think it's a lot of shit. But every day, mate, I was getting slimmer, I was getting healthier, I was feeling better, I was more motivated, I was more creative, I was writing stuff down, and. 
I was only kind of in there for a week or so, then I got a temporary flat, but that's probably the worst and best time of my life, and I mean that, man, it was, it was a time where I sat and thought, you're walking all the miles, you've, you've no tunes, I've not got my fucking beats in case somebody robs it off me, so you're walking for all the miles and you're just fighting about everything, because your brain does that, doesn't it, when you walk, mm-hmm. you think, and, mm-hmm. and it was, it's been the best, the worst and best time of my life, and I'm very grateful for it. Who was your family and friends when you went homeless? My ma, my ma worked in a care home, so the reason I went homeless was to get a flat, so I could get my wains every second weekend or whenever I get them. So I couldn't go at my ma's because she worked in a care home. And at oh, the time, careful, the, right. the telly was like, yeah. and they walks in care home, all the grannies were all dying, the grandes mm-hmm. were dying, and mm-hmm. it was horrific. So I had to go homeless. But friends, pff, I don't know, mate. reached out. Strangers reached out. Straight, see, this is what I mean my following. Thousands of people who I don't know reached mm-hmm. out, and not one pal as such had messages come and stay with me. See, I had, I had that as well. Aye. Strangers come through my heart. And people go through different things. And... my following. Aye. My friends. Mm-hmm. The way I've got a great friend. I've got a great circle now. Mm-hmm. They're phenomenal. I'm very lucky. Mm-hmm. But back then, no. And, and it's something that really rocks you to the core. Mm-hmm. Can't believe, especially someone like you, friends have not stepped up to mm-hmm. be counted. This is real life we're talking about. This mm-hmm. is human on human. You have not stepped up to be counted mm-hmm. when Gary or yourself or me or whatever have been in the hardest place. It's on a bit seriously tough place mm-hmm. going from polar opposites from that success to down mm-hmm. there where you're walking into a place and a homeless guy mm-hmm. is getting you a chance of being nicer to you. Mm-hmm. Than oh, it's mental, mate. I met the best people I've met in there. That's mental. If you're watching mm-hmm. this, you should be ashamed of yourself because mm-hmm. we're seeing it too much. Mm-hmm. You're handing your ass and your friends do nothing. They might go, oh, mate, it's all right. It's going to be all right. We high mm-hmm. five and all that. And then they're away home in a nice warm house with a big mm-hmm. Q7 and all that. They don't do fuck all. Yeah, there's no, here's, well, see, here's 500 quid. Go and rent this place. No, stay with my see, see, to be fair, see, when I first went homeless, I didn't tell anybody. It came out in the press. It came out in the press. I spoke to one of my pals in the press and it came out. And and then people were like, so it's probably my testament effect of hoarding stuff and no speaking about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I'd messaged people and says, can I come and stay with you? I don't think anybody would have been like, no, you can't. So I can't. You can't ask. But I was, that's what I'm saying. I didn't even come out with it until after I was, once I was in the attempt accommodation mm-hmm. is when it had come out. And it was mental, me. I had people messaging me like, do you want your full house done up for nothing? Do you want a brand new couch? I'll go and buy you a cooker. Like, it's your followers, isn't it? It's mental, me. It was me. I could have got a brand new house built. Yeah. Just the on love, kindness. The love I've had off my followers Aye. and you've had, it's mm-hmm. like, it's really And that's how I don't want to get up. That's how mm-hmm. I don't want to walk in comedy because I'm surrounded by people who genuinely love me. It's just a shame there's dickhead trolls every now and again. Aye. If these trolls could fuck off, I'd be all right. It'd be amazing. Oh, I'd be fine. I remember we'd lost that money mm-hmm. at, the, at the start of lockdown because, um, we get frauded a thousand pound and uh, a woman turned up at my house, one of my followers, and she was trying to give us a thousand pound. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget it. I've had all sorts of things like that. Mm-hmm. It is nuts. I was like, you can't give us that. You can't just give us that, man. Mm-hmm. No, 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 please have it. You, you know, you do this for other mm-hmm. people and all that. And I'm like, that is incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish you were my best friend. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, I mean, know, mate. But I'm, I'm you moving know, to a house that I dreamed about. Do you know what I mean? So, like, Phenomenal. I'm so grateful for that because it's let me readjust my finances. You see, going through that, like, and that's what I'm saying. It's the best time of my life. Like, I've, I've sat down and went, right, why are you spending fucking 40 quid and I just eat? I can go towards mm-hmm. rent for another house. Like, mm-hmm. it was nobody's fault I was homeless other than myself. Because there's also a lot of other factors, Aye. though. But, see, other but factors. I had a lot of money. See, if I had yeah. put money by, I'd have been fine. What happened to. What happened to. Just, can your management not help with that? Is he not supposed to. 
Do, management mate, my management is running my pals, mate. He's, are they not supposed to help with finances as well, though? Aye, the, the, the they, but because I'd only paid, I'd only done a year's tax, because I was only mm-hmm. kind of big for a year, kind of thing. It, it was two years you've got to be in it to get the kind of funding and stuff, so I was fucked, mate. See if I'd, see if it was next year and I had another year like this, it'd have been great. Yeah, so I'd have got the, the 25 grand, well. I'd have got the two and a half if I'm, if I'm your, maybe something for the mm-hmm. future, if I'm your agent, I'm like... Gary, why don't we? We did have a chat, mate. You sat the moon, man. How did the you fuck have a business you? account? Uh, nothing. I've got that now, but I, I wouldn't even take take your. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say right. I'm not being your manager mm-hmm. anymore. If you're not going to listen to me, you're not going to give me mm-hmm. some money. So it's there for you as a backfall. You can fuck right. off. Yes, good. That way you sat down. He because he was like because same with him, mate. I didn't tell him nothing. Cause I was just fucking cracked over it. Had it, mate. Had anxiety. Had it. Why did you hide it? I don't like burden people, mate. That's a thing I get. I don't know. if It's normal, mate. I hate burden. I hate annoying people. I hate going. Well, I've got a problem. And I feel like a hypocrite because I talk about mental health. Why all the do time. you hate that? I don't know, mate. I don't know if that's a system or just a mentality. That's what we're trying to get to the bottom of. Why mm-hmm. do you hate? But see if it's mental health, I'll tell you anything about how to. But fuck mental health, your problems. Aye, uh, but see my you problems. You yourself. It's like a hard one, yeah. Because you're the most important person in mm-hmm. this world, and in my life, I'm mm-hmm. the most important person. Or we've got to be. If we're a hundred percent, everyone gets a hundred percent offers. Mm-hmm. If I'm make it, I'm sixty percent. Right, my kid's only getting 50, 60% mm-hmm. of me. It's no good enough. Mm-hmm. I need to be 100% for him to get that 80, 90% of me mm-hmm. or else he's not getting it. But why do we not? Because I've been the same. Mm-hmm. I've sat and suffered in silence with a gambling problem with this and that mm-hmm. back in the day and I didn't tell a fucking soul. Mm-hmm. Why do we fucking do it? Why do we do it? What, what are we doing? Why do we do it? But see, see, when I, I brought it up and I was like, to David, like, I'm fucking, I'm, I've just, because he's like, He's seen it in the press and he's like, how the fuck are you in temporary accommodation? You stayed in Amadeo Street in Deniston. Did he know did he know even know? That makes it my lolly, man. <laughs> <laughs> floppy. Did, did he know even know? <laughs> no, he didn't know me. I didn't tell anybody. You know what I mean? Right. Other, my ma knew what I was right. doing. My ma's like, come home, don't do this. And I'm like, no, I want a house with the veins. And it was it was my choice. In the future, aye. will you say? Oh, 100 percent no, mate. Aye. Oh, man. And that's a big thing. And that's what I'm talking about the self-worth, like dealing with stuff. Mm. Like there's so much like my finances. When I told him about it, he's like, mate. I love finances. And he came and sat down with me. And that's how now, like me and Ashley and the Waynes are able to get man when I grew up in the scheme, there's these big houses and it's renting a house, but it's a dream house and I can get it and I'm not going to lose it and I'm not going to fuck it up. And because I'd asked for help. Mm. And this I think it's geek important sat down with me and he's like, This is how you it was the rich dad, poor dad thing. Uh-huh. The 70, 10, 10, 10. 70% of a pot for bills, 10% Absolutely. of a fund. So, yep. and do you know what, mate? It's been the best thing that's ever happened to me because I've got a fund now. I get a thousand pound a month as a wage. You manage it now. I can, I can manage a thousand pound a month mm-hmm. and I can only manage 150 grand a year. It's fucking mental. Aye. And it suits you now. Uh, so, when that comes back, that'll be a blessing my family and I'll be able to support others. You 100%. know what I mean? And you've got, so I think it's important to realise there that you had people mm-hmm. there for you mm-hmm. I didn't ask you didn't yeah. ask so I can't sit, yeah. I can't sit and blame people for absolutely it. I didn't eat shit absolutely mm-hmm. apologies <laughs> I've just absolutely cussed but the people that. didn't help you fuck game <laughs> I fuck them just, but that's hi. that's something that I've I learned. asked for help and I couldn't oh, get it did you know no nobody, nobody wants to take many people don't mm-hmm. want to take the burden on mm-hmm. It's not myself if someone comes for help, I'll flip mm-hmm. over backwards for them because that's just the person I am. Mm-hmm. Some people, there's people now in my life that will mm-hmm. take that burden on. Kenny, like my my best mate Paul, um, is just one of them. He will not let me struggle anymore. He'll go, no, no, what's up? And, I'll be like, and I might not reply for him. He's like, you better tell me what's up, if not phone. That's why he turned him to my house one night because he knew I was having a bad night. He sensed it. Mm-hmm. And he's in my house. And oh, I'm just coming to see you. How are you? Right in my face. And I'm like, I can't hide it to him. I had a wee greet. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And and then talk to him and all that, that's the friends you need, you know what I mean, it's fucking 
fucking frightening indifference mm-hmm. now. Never don't get much time to feel sad because they won't let me. And that's how I make COVID. Like I like to make friends now. I like mm-hmm. to find friends where it's like so it's no work and it's no mm-hmm. there's no an agenda behind it. Uh-huh. Like my boss is like, I think I've got a pal for life. Mm-hmm. My happiest day, my happiest time of the day is getting in the work van. Because she's like, big man, how was night last night? And I'm like, fuck me, mate. Had the panic attack, nearly shot myself in Tesco. Like, and he'd be like, all right, this is, this is my hands and what you did, but he's brilliant, mate. I love that. I get had that away before. from your work. It's important. Aye. Aye, you're absolutely right. Before we finish up, um, you're a family man. So am I. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it, mate. Um, tell me how much your family helped you get through your darkest time. I didn't kill myself because of my kids. It's the only thing I think about, man. It's the only thing that ever stops me. I couldn't care about family or my work or finances. Like that's when I feel like with the train moment, I'm going to dive in front of the train. I'm like, what am I going to leave behind? I'm going to leave kids before a dad, and I'm going to leave the, the word suicide. I hate the word suicide, but I'm going to leave the suicidal impact in their life. That's going to be part of their foundation as a person. And I think if I never had my kids, I wouldn't be here, mate. I'm so grateful for my kids. I'm so grateful for the relationship I've got with them. Um, and I think COVID's taught me that. The priority is the comedy selling tickets, being successful. My, my value is the money anymore. My, I, I love money. I would love to have hundreds of money, but <laughs> I think my value now is be a better dad, be a, be a more solid dad, be a better listener. And it, it's just, I don't know, mate. I don't know where to be without them. And I mean that. It's not a, a, just a, a dad quote. Like a celebrity, like, oh, I love being a dad. And then I go outside, I don't speak to my wings kind of thing. Like, honestly, they're challenging and the unconditional love. That's what you get for your veins. Mm-hmm. And me know that as dads who've yeah. not had dads in their lives. So you overcompensate. But Yeah, I don't know how I can I say that Ned would love me the way my veins love me. Mm-hmm. And to this day I'll I'll die with that. I just don't understand leaving a son. I mean I can never mm-hmm. I look at my boy and I'm just like, I'm never leaving you, man. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be there for every step you take. I'm gonna be there for your first days at school. I'm gonna be there for a person mm-hmm. to talk to, to listen, to encourage, to cuddle. To support, to be mm-hmm. positive with. I just love the bones off them, man. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just. I learned that lesson later on in life. Yeah. Because my wee daughter Millie, I didn't see her for two years. Out of my own selfishness, no her mm-hmm. man's fault. Just me being a wee dick and being immature. And and then when I got back in her life, I was kind of like, I'm not a good dad. Like if I can just walk away and party and forget my way, mm-hmm. I don't deserve to be a dad. Mm-hmm. And for somebody who didn't have their dad in their life, it's very hypocritical. So so now. Uh, that was years ago I got back in contact with Molly like I see her every week now like and it's beautiful mate because oh, I'm yeah. like I'm just so blessed mate and that's and it's no blessed as in like finances and money it's like being a dad I couldn't imagine me you know being a dad I couldn't sit and go what would I believe if I was single <laughs> my whole life I've always in my wings yeah. you know what I mean and hopefully in the future that I can continue and I can, it's like a purpose isn't it oh it's my like purpose mate purpose. my purpose when I die I don't want to die and somebody go he was the best comedian in Scotland he sold it at the Hydro 50 times he he got time baftas I want people to say he was a good husband he was a good dad that's what you want I don't want to be fucking immortal and be famous I just want to be a good dad Gary Fold that was phenomenal Um we need to get you on again. So I've got pages to talk about, and we've just we've literally talked about half here. And hopefully next year, mate. Hopefully next year, I'm sitting as solid as you, <laughs> trying to full fat coke and a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got my shit together, man. I had a full fat coke and a cookie, and he's not letting me live it down. Man. <laughs> I didn't have any breakfast. So football of the day with the boys. 
As soon as I get here, I'm buying a full fat Coke at Tesco. <laughs> I pack it a Galaxy cookies, rip my tap off, it's done the mirror, and I'm just going to wait till I'm older than that. Just going to storm her out till they just. Brilliant, <laughs> man. Like Anavar in the Coke or something, man. I want something. <laughs> oh, man. Training the smarties. Um, but listen, it's been a pleasure. There's so much more to talk about. I've actually got other things I want to talk to you. If I'll phone you in the next few days. Mm-hmm. Um, to start some things up mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing and certain stuff for charities and stuff um, I but I think you're just you're amazing mate you just you and me need to stop mm-hmm. beating ourselves up we beat ourselves up too much mm-hmm. why are we beating ourselves up loving a fake life I feel like that I mean? like, just need to just fucking pull yourself back and we just want to get better mm-hmm. we want to be better every day we want to live better feeling you said mm-hmm. that on the, you had it on the head to be a better listener mm-hmm. it's so important in the mental health world to listen we can talk mm-hmm. as much as we want but we need to listen to each other um, but listen episode 18 been a pleasure until next time bro look forward to Class. it mate. thanks guys remember to subscribe I'll, I'll plug Gary below please subscribe hit the like button give your loved ones some cuddles and hugs peace